Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, let's, uh, you ready? let's make it happen, I think. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Oh. Oh. Open Gundam style. I don't have that one. Hey, sexy lady. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. And then he rides a horse or whatever. Rides a horse. Backwards. That's like the whole dance. He's like, yeah, doing the horse riding. <laughs> Watch the video. You'll see what I mean. Oh, oh, oh. Gentlemen, boys and girls, gaming degenerates of all ages, welcome back to another episode of A Winter Is You. It's episode 10, and you know what episode 10 means. It means it's time for a top 10 list. And we've got a full crew of people here. And I'm happy, I'm excited for myself to say that the sound bites are back. Figured out our problems. It only took a week, ladies and gentlemen, but you know. That's the way the cookie crumbles, as I saw as one of the puzzles on Wheel of Fortune yesterday. So, <laughs> old person, <laughs> boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> hey, I got the puzzle right, though. I'll tell you that. What's going on, Sean? How you doing? I bet you did. <laughs> Goddamn right. Just I am fine. How are you? I am the king. I am the king of Wheel of Fortune now. <laughs> Drew, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. How are yeah. you? Oh, I'm great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Adam, how you doing? I am ready to rumble. I'm ready to rumble on this. Are you ready to rumble? Is that number 10? Ready to rumble? uh, Maybe 10C. Get ready for this list. (laughs) Uh, But most importantly, though, how are you doing? I am living in my own personal nightmare. Is that what? 
Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, we're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least you're in the right mindset for tonight. That's good. That's a good place to be. Oh yeah, I'm. I am. My stomach was already stressed out and sick already today, and now I got to listen to you guys' top tens and Adam's top ten plus ten, which is going to just five. kill me. Round five. <laughs> To the third. Pessimistic way to look at it. I gotta listen to you guys list out your top ten. Oh, Jeez. everyone who listens to bandwagon nerds already knows mine, so now I gotta talk about yours. Oh, uh, God, this is always death. <laughs> I don't have that song. Wait, damn it. Well, I am just saying that we are all lucky that we're not editing this thing. It's gonna be you. Oh, uh, there's not enough liquor and therapy in the world to undo that. Yep. You know? No, there will be no edits today because we already no we, already we already got a late start, and this is going to be a long episode. So we're just going to. So if I say penis, it makes it to roll. the final cut. All right, twenty thirty nine. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say any bad words. We can't. No editing. We got to be good today. Genitalia. <laughs> Don't talk about shit, guys. Okay, let's right. be good. Let's do this. Well, <laughs> well, with that, this we'll is going to be an easy on. soundboard to talk about. <laughs> And I'm going to play all the sounds I can since it actually fucking works. Oh, jeez. We're talking, first, a quick recap of High Score, Episode 2. Hopefully everybody did their homework. And then, the main event. Top 10 games of all time. Let's get into it. Episode two, we lost Drew, the comeback kid. I'm still here. Nope, you just lost there. the video feed no for video. a second. Comeback kid, we got to so, talk a lot about Nintendo and how they got their start. The beginning of Donkey Kong. I was a little disappointed they didn't uh, give the origin of Donkey Kong initially of kind of why Donkey Kong became Donkey Kong. Um, but uh, well, still they, didn't, cool. they didn't have to. We gave it already. We did. That's true. True. Oh, that's what time it is. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Technical di- Difficulty, can you figure it out over there? <laughs> you know what? You could have just moved on past. You could have. It's just a video that's... feed. No one else can see it except for you fools. That's not apparently. That's not what we do. <laughs> so how'd you how'd you enjoy this one? I we got to see a little bit of the Nintendo World Championships, which was pretty cool. I, I was really excited to see a little bit of that and some old videos. It looked exactly like the Wizard. If you ever watched that movie. I was it was hilarious seeing that video. I'm like, hey, that's the, they they did a pretty good job setting up the 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 stage for the wizard. Mm-hmm. And then we got uh, we got to see kind of how Nintendo Power came up with their magazine, which I thought was awesome because I totally remember getting Nintendo Power magazines. I thought that was cool. And yeah, and I know I don't know did we talk about as well the. We did. We talked about it on one of the episodes where they had the call-in number. Yeah, we called we in did, yeah. Uh, a while ago. Yep. The game counselors, yeah. whatever they're called. It was like episode two or three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we got to see a little behind the scenes of how they did all their shit, which was like, fuck, man. They had to, 
they yeah. didn't have anything back then. They made a they made a right. goddamn they made a, a booklet and had all the pages of all these games written out, handwritten yeah. of just everything every game Tips, that you could think tricks, of. Drawing out maps. That's that's insane. Like that's like a holy bible to me. That's really cool stuff. Just think I like the whole episode I was just like thinking like how things are now compared to what we see while we're watching that and I'm just like now I get stuck. Like I was just thinking Borderlands Three. I got stuck doing something. I yep. can literally YouTube it, find exactly on the map, and figure it out in like thirty seconds, and then go back on to playing the game. Like, and, it's and not crazy. only that, like you could do that day one. Yeah, like, day one <laughs> yeah. the game comes out. There's been so many people that have had review copies and all this stuff. Like you could literally go online and be like, "How do I do X in video game?" And if a, a thousand links will come up. Yep. Like. Yeah. Exactly. Back in the day, that was not how it worked. There yeah, was an eight, the, 800 number. Yeah, <laughs> that that's it. how the guy said, too, where he's like, we didn't get to play it early. We just yeah. had to try and beat it before everybody else did because we're getting calls on day one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, imagine that. That'd be insane. Can you imagine calling Nintendo and it's a game you just picked up and you're like, oh, I can't even figure out how to get out of this first level. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just I got stuck there too. <laughs> I haven't even, I haven't even plugged it in this yet. Together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What part do you get stuck on? Me too. <laughs> I, that guy was so funny when he was just talking how things were, and he's just like trying to make sure it wasn't difficult and try to get the answer, and then he's like, "Yeah," and if it got difficult, I'd be like. I'll transfer your call and then yep. just give up on helping someone. <laughs> Boop. Well, I like how he, you know, he basically cheated. They told how he cheated on the test. Yep. He put all the answers into that. his, yeah. <laughs> into the, uh, into his sunglasses. <laughs> like, come on. Awesome. Like, it's ridiculous. So Sean, would you think mom, you think mom would let you call up the Nintendo hotline? Cause I know that was obviously before you got really into video games, but would you know mom would let you call up right for whatever it is what was it five bucks a minute i don't know <laughs> oh okay i was gonna say what was the going rate at the All time right. because Who whatever knows? it was no no she would not <laughs> yeah i would doubt it like you know i i remember i never called him i it was i you know i had the nintendo but i never called him we basically we had the nintendo power subscription and boy i was super excited to get the one with zelda and being able to show the whole entire map and where everything was, because otherwise I would have never beat the original Legend of Zelda without it. The episode that I kind of saw was the fact that they shipped all those boxes over, all those arcade cabinets, and that was that radar scope that Nintendo started as. Well, Nintendo started back in 1885 doing all of the other things it did. But right when their first foray into video games was that radar scope box. And when you looked at it, it was exactly Missile Command. Or not, uh, Space Invaders. Space it was Invaders. exactly Space Invaders. Yep. Like, you looked at the two and it was like, come on, Nintendo. Like, really? This is <laughs> this is what you're doing? And they very quickly transitioned them all to Donkey Kong. And it was... And all of a sudden, you know, of course, that exploded. So I thought that was super interesting that that's, that was their first foray and it was a total bomb, and they somehow pivoted super quickly and were able to get that going. So that was pretty slick. Are we talking high scores in Donkey Kong? Because I think no. I brought this up. <laughs> no, but we can. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have a high score? You don't have a high score. 
What did you no, talk about? No, I'm with? saying high scores and Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, fuck uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> Dump it. I'm sorry. Dump it. <laughs> I'm just He's referring just to Billy Mitchell, who does not week. make an appearance. What a we what talked a about geez. this a week ago. <laughs> well, and and if I remember correctly, I believe there's a lunch bet on the line on if Billy Mitchell will appear in the in the episodes. So, you know, I was gonna scrub back oh. through to see if it was in that little montage about Donkey Kong, just to be safe. Well, and to be honest with you, in that uh, montage and everything in there. Everybody had 80s mullets. Everybody looked the same. One of them could have been yeah, Billy Mitchell. You know. He could have just said, yeah, it's that guy right there. You see that guy? That's, that's Billy Mitchell. I'm telling you, look at the resemblance. It's exactly the same. Right. Giant mustache, mullet. Yeah. <laughs> Send me a screenshot and we'll talk. <laughs> okay, just wait. <laughs> what else? What else? What else happened? How do you like uh, when they had their, uh, their lawsuit with Donkey Kong... Uh, and King Kong, and they battled through that, and the wonderful John Kirby. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I remembered that. I, I kind of knew that, and I was watching it with Krista, and she's like, she's like, is that where they got the name Kirby? I said, yeah. And then they mm-hmm. finally brought it up. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a cool, that's a cool thing, that to just give him the nod because of everything he did for mm-hmm. them and doing all yeah. that research. That's pretty cool. He made He made a really good point that, like, if him and his team didn't do that, you know, they if they don't win that lawsuit, like Nintendo doesn't happen. Right. Like, everything done. that came doesn't happen because of that. So like to get him in a game, literally named after him, and then how he kind of laughs, and then they draw Kirby from his like him laughing. Yeah. Like, that was kind of awesome. Or right, you could yeah. see it right from right when you saw his face. I'm like, that's Kirby. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it totally <laughs> is him. Like I never saw his face before. I knew the story, but I never saw his face, and then he showed up. Yeah. I'm like. Oh shit! Yeah, he looks exactly like Kirby too, not just the name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, this one was definitely built on everything that happened with Nintendo and the big boom there um, with Nintendo. Yeah. So I know this is. I w- I kind of wish they would have talked a little more on Donkey Kong, honestly, about the previous of how it was going to be Popeye, and they lost you know they lost the rights to that. I wonder if they couldn't talk about that or something, but. That was kind of interesting. I, I liked it. I thought this one was really good. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, I think I was a little depressed that it didn't continue with any of the characters or any of the stories we had already seen. You know, I, you guys had kind of called it that this was just going to be small little vignettes um, that you really never get paid off. Um, so I'm hoping, I, I, I don't know, it, it seemed like in the first episode they opened up a lot of doors and then didn't really finish off those stories. And now they're just continuing on and it's like, okay, like I understand you have a lot of history to get through, but don't set up these huge, really cool stories, but not finish them off. And I feel like they didn't do that in the first episode. Second episode. I don't think that's been as much of a problem, but you guys see that at all. Yeah. I'm kind of having a problem with that because I did catch up on episode one, uh, got through episode two and that, that does seem to be kind of a, a continuing thing where it's like, there's so many tangents that they just kind of fill time with that never actually lead to anything substantial. Yeah. And that's kind of annoying is it's like, this sounds like a really cool bit that they're getting into. And then 
they just kind of ignore it and move on. I'm like, dude, this is not Game of Thrones. Like, I'm really interested in what you have to say. Like, I want to know more about this. And they they flesh it out enough to make it enticing and then abandon it. And that's that's kind of my problem through two episodes. I'm like, yeah. I need some continuity, you know, at least wrap things up, you know. But that that's the only beef I have with the show so far is that I, I feel like there's a lot of you know, just kind of, and we're done. Let's talk about this instead. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't care what he ate last night. I don't care about this, that, and the other. It's like, I just, I want to know about the history of video gaming. And they seem to get wrapped up in, you know, 30% of just BS filler crap that I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really add anything to what you're trying to present. How did you yeah. feel about um, the the way they they kind of did the story arc of kind of they jumped between like three different things. Like they kept going back. They were talking about like the magazine and then all of a sudden it was back to the world championships and it was back to, you know, just talking Nintendo and Mario. Okay. So it, it comes off as a phony, like everything comes full circle kind of, you know, sort of presentation of things. And I'm like, it, 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 it's disjointed. Like, that's that's the best way I can put it. It just doesn't flow very well, given the amount of stuff they have to talk about. I understand you kind of have to omit things and, you know, squeeze things in. But, again, they get caught up on, like, inane personal anecdotes that don't actually add anything substantial to the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not enjoying it as much as I thought I would. Yeah. yeah, I felt the same. Where I thought the first one was worse because uh, it felt like, I think it was like five or six different stories that they kept intertwining through. So that's clearly what they're going to do each episode, is my guess. And like the next, well, it's all out. I have we're just trying to do it one a week to remember what happens each week. But the next one is like the teasers role playing, so it's going to be all that. And then whatever the next one is will be different things, and they'll probably have three or four things that they move together because with this one i would start getting involved into the part of the story and be like oh i want to what else are they going to talk about this and then it jumps back and i'm like oh yeah the kid that won the championship and then like jumps to the other thing again and i'm like trying to be like what did they just talk about with that about 10 minutes ago and you know that's kind of what's hard when you try to fit so much into 45 minutes and it was like the difference i think with this episode was at least it was like all Nintendo related. So like the first one, obviously the first one was like all video games starting together. So like there were different branches, but like it was a lot. This one, at least each thing had Nintendo involved so I could keep it all kind of linked together. But I, I wish almost this series was like the six episodes was just Nintendo. And then, you know, six episodes or four episodes for like the other ones and like give it a lot of time. But you know, I, I don't think you get the full, maybe you do, audience-wise, watching that, like how I described it, versus this way. I think a lot of people probably prefer these short snippets of info they didn't know, because I don't know how long they could sit and watch something like this. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it's because we're, you know, video game enthusiasts that we want to dive deeper yeah. into some of these things. But it seemed like, like especially that little bit about... Uh, can't remember the guy's name but that designed the music for Donkey Kong they had a oh. whole bit about do you remember his name Tanaka yeah. thank you 
Yeah. So I'm not gonna he... try the first name. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so anyway, they did this whole thing. It was you know a, you know a couple minutes right where they did this whole thing. They showed him and he was looking at uh, you know go karts and it kind of hinted towards Mario Kart. And then they were talking about how music plays such a role in video gaming. And they, it almost like they were teasing the fact that they were going to go a little bit deeper into like, okay, why did you pick kind of this, you know, this type of sound versus that type of sound? Then uh, they showed like a PCB board from back in the day and it was all analog. And then that was it. And it was like, okay, like you got me interested. I'm super interested yeah. in learning about like video game music and how do you pick these different sounds? And what are the limitations of the fact that it's all analog and not digital? Like, let's go into that. And no. It's never not. came back. Never yep. came back to it. And that was like the one thing I was like, come on, is it going to come back up? Because that was really awesome. Because like he ends it with like, yeah, his like jumps sounded cute or whatever. Like he's like, I didn't anticipate it Stop making the cute noise, I think is what he calls it. And then yeah. that was it. Doesn't come back to it. And I'm like, oh, that was really interesting. But then uh, you get the VP of marketing or whatever her name, Gail something, and she's just pouring herself her wine on her yep. thing and we listen to her talk for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah no that's my problem it, it's a blanket that's been stitched together by an epileptic puppy i'm like there's this that the other like it i don't know like i i enjoy it but at the same time i'm like dude just finish something like stop leaving everything off on little hangers here and there like stop talking about this that the other watching a woman pour wine like i'm just like dude it's about video games. Like, there's better ways to transition through the story than just to, uh, you know what, that didn't work, and go on to something else. Where are they yeah. now? Sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what the yeah, exactly maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe everyone's yelling at us, like, hey, the last episode ties up all these loose ends, you know, and it's a three hour episode. But I that's don't think what that's Game of Thrones happen. was supposed to be. Doubt it. I definitely like. I definitely like <laughs> the idea of them doing longer. Like, if this was longer, where they could have talked more about the stuff and not tried to cram it into six episodes. Obviously, I don't know what the, you know, the any if they had any issues or things that they had to do it this way or certain you know stuff like that or whatever. But I, yeah, I definitely feel like they could have stretched a lot of this out and talked in more detail on some of this stuff because it is super interesting. And then yeah, they just kind of, eh, that's it. All right, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, wait. yeah. I liked that. Go back to that. Yeah, talk more. Talk more about that. Can I? Can I get the extended cut? Something. The one thing, my favorite part of this was uh, when Gail, uh, like you mentioned, the marketing director Gail, uh, who started the Nintendo Power, yeah, magazine, and going over to Japan and trying to pitch America's idea to the Japanese marketing team of for Nintendo, yeah. and them just losing their damn minds and absolutely hating everything because their culture is completely different and the way they, you know, deal with games and all that stuff is completely different. And I think I was looking ahead cause uh, episode four is about the, the Sega console and the war between Nintendo and Sega and the book I'm reading. I, I mentioned last week um, on console wars is all about Sega and how they got started and, or got back into the, the forefront of the, gaming business and, and actually had a chance here and it it was like the same exact story like that was what's so funny it was like yeah the guy f who uh was trying to bring sega back went over to japan and pitched him like here's what we want to do with sonic you know they're, they're pitching sonic or whatever and J japan went this is what we were, we were our concept of sonic was and it was just just monster you know 
hedgehog thing with spikes on the back and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, the guy went, that's not going to work in America. That's There's no <laughs> way this is going to work. This is what we want. And Japan, the Japanese marketing board just went, no. <laughs> and we're just pissed. And we're like, tentacles. we are not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like, it's the whole culture thing, which is so <laughs> weird. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, Nintendo went through the same problem. <laughs> yeah. They called her uh, Dragon Lady. I made sure dragon. to write that down because I thought that yeah. was funny. Yeah. Did a little shadow thing behind her being a dragon or whatever. Like, that part with her, I thought was really interesting. Like, I could have done a whole episode on how she made that first, uh, the first magazine for Nintendo Power. And that could have yeah. been an entire 45 minutes. And then they cut from yeah. there. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Just stick yeah. with it. <laughs> they keep doing that. And that's what's, that's what's frustrating. Yes, I get it. He's good at Tetris. Get off it already. <laughs> I I was so ready for them to be like, and he didn't even win. Like, it was right? like we can only get the third place guy. <laughs> and that day like, he got food poisoning and didn't make it. Yeah. Like, oh. I was waiting for the kid from the wizard to show up and beat them all. And they played super Mario yeah. three. And I'm like, where was that? I'm like, this is nothing like I remember. Episode five, maybe six five. future, future seasons. Uh, well, we'll see how the rest of the episodes go. Uh, any last thoughts on this one? Also, I'll, I'll, I'll give my last thought. Uh, shout out to, to John Kirby and, and uh, God rest his soul died in 2019, right before this thing got, released which is unfortunate you know pretty sad um but you know the ray charles way of things <laughs> did he die right before they <laughs> released the movie yes oh <laughs> uh, uh, i totally don't remember that oh didn't uh johnny cash didn't that happen to johnny cash too right before walk the line didn't he pass away right before walk the line came out oh i don't know it's a big Somebody question for google. oh boy Tar- somebody Alexa. go on to google Going to Google. Now, now everybody's uh, Amazon device is going off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I ain't got one of those. (laughs) Well, uh, hey, Bing. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I installed Chrome. So. Uh, But you use Bing? (laughs) He showed you. Yeah, I tried to do a quick search. Couldn't find it. Functional until you're looking for something that you actually want to know, and then. It's... <laughs> for that, you got to ask Jeeves. Jeeves, like I said Alta Vista, Ask dot com. Well, so I, I it, it looks like Johnny Cash died about two years before Walk the Line. So it didn't count. Ray Charles yeah. was like immediately before. Uh, yeah, I was close. I thought. It was closer, but... You were um, close. I mean, what's two years in the grand scheme of things? It's true. Depends on the year. Two years. One One more than one? I don't know. So So that'll wrap up high score. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dump that. Talking Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash and Ray Charles. And that's the end of high score. (laughs) That's how forgettable this is to me. Like, Uh, seriously, I'm not enjoying this as much as I thought I was going to. It's 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 choppy enough and not it doesn't have a lot of substance. It has a lot of hey check this out, hey check this out, hey check this out, and I'm like, yeah, but I mean I know the things that you're telling me. I want the 
you know, behind the scenes things. Like I've read the stories that they're covering and it's like, cool, great. Okay. And like I said, they just, it, it, it's just too full of BS filler to try and get that 45 minutes in that I'm like, you really could have filled that with something a lot more interesting than watching people do their daily life crap. Like I get it. That's fine. They're people. I understand that's neat, but what is it about them that led them to the situation that they're in now? And uh, I don't know. It's I'm not enjoying it. So when we get to the top 10 of Netflix original series, this is going to be your number one, right? No, The Witcher. <laughs> um, okay. Spoiler alert. And hey, that's a preview to my top 10 list. Oh, boy. But here we really. go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, in there? what's your top 10 Netflix what's your number one Netflix original series and video game of all time <laughs> I can answer that both there's a the very small word. crossover there yeah. <laughs> alright well I think that'll I think that'll wrap up high score uh, some of us may be looking forward to episode 3 some of us not it sounds like but that's cool I'm not honestly I'm not looking forward to the role playing one because that's not my genre but I, I agree I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for more I was hoping for more behind the scenes stuff from this and then we're not getting it as much. We're getting some old cool old videos, you know, that you can see yeah. that people dug up their VHS tapes, but we're not uh not not as much as I was expecting. But I'm I'm looking forward to the console war one and and some of the stuff after that for sure. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um and well I guess that's the only other thing we had to talk about. So in a sense it is the last thing we need to talk about for today. So, as I said, I'm going to play all the sound bites I can. So here we go. <laughs> How about Let's you? Get into our top ten video games of all time. So, as I mentioned pre-show, I picked names out of a hat, and uh, I think I'm going to call an audible anyway, because I kind of like that our names can make an acronym. So, we're going to start with Drew as the first, first, going off the list first, then Adam, then Dan, then Sean. Jeez. And we got dads. So. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Yeah. I got my fur baby. <laughs> one way, in one way or another, we are we are all dads. So somehow it seems right that I have to go first on this. Then, uh, so okay. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, so we'll talk. We'll, we'll sh- quick on the rules for everybody that's listening. Uh, if anybody's a fan of bandwagon nerds, you've heard a few top tens on that before. Uh, we're going to try and stick around with that similar theme. So if we're going through this list and somebody has. Like, you know, their, their number 10 is the same as somebody else's number 8 or whatever. When, when they say their, their name, their, the name of the game, you raise your hand. Because you, you don't say don't say where you have it necessarily. You could just say, I got it higher on my list. And then we'll move on to the next person until that one comes up. And then that's when we'll talk about that, that game. So, so. I guess uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, are, are we going to talk about our criteria for our top 10? Or... 
Are we just going to roll them out and then... You have a criteria for why you picked a top... Why something... Like, why certain games made your top 10? Oh, uh, I'm wondering, you know, because there's different rule, You know, different ideas you could go off of that falls things into your top 10. So, sure. well, let's just go with it and you, we'll see what rolls out, right? Yeah, you can Yeah, you can kind of bring it up as, the, as you talk about the game or something. Because, yeah, if you went on, like... You know, I think Sean mentioned earlier that he went picked games because they were you know, more recent and more, you know, not necessarily the, the catalyst, but the one that's the better of the games or something like that. Not necessarily because like, this is the game that started it all kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. So there are different reasons well, and you can kind of bring that, I guess you can kind of bring that up as you yeah. bring up the game or something. Cause I think we may be all over the place with certain games. I don't know. Cause sure. yes, some people might've <laughs> went nostalgic, all nostalgia. Some people might've went yeah. all new or to mix. There's money on the line for number ten, so I'm curious. Money, and there is, this. that's right. There is yeah, there is a lunch right. on the line for number ten yeah. for both Drew and Adam, right? Yeah. If anybody yeah, has those so. on the list, which I highly doubt anybody's. What if we have the same game? It's gonna blow my mind. I'm telling Command, you. We're Command and Conquer down for like ten minutes if we have the same game. <laughs> north <laughs> North versus South. Okay. So number ten on Drew's list of all time greatest games is from the N64, Pilot Wings 64. Does anybody else have Pilot Wings 64? I see a lot of people going to Google, so that is interesting. I am not going to Google. No, no, that's on my bingo card. Man, we should have had bingo cards. That would have been a good idea. Oh, we should have picked the games we thought anybody, everybody else was going to yeah. have on their list. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll save that for top 20. That's a bingo. <laughs> I was not on my so, list, but I, I I do I definitely definitely remember that game. One of my favorites. Okay, good. So, um, Pilotwing sixty four for me was yeah I was at the perfect age, kind of when would this have come out? Maybe in the early or late nineties, right? Uh, for N sixty four, mid nineties, something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was in the perfect age to be getting interested into uh, flying and. You know, I had been playing the NES for a long time, and then once we got the uh, N64, there's going to be plenty of other games on our list that we'll talk about that you know would have surrounded our N64 days. But Pilot Wings for me was one that just launched my interest into aviation and gave me a way to, like, for the very first time, fly around on a video game. You know, and this it was just it was so amazing. It you know the it's you know N64 graphics and take that for what it is, but it, it was just it was an amazing game. Uh, it had four different aircraft that you could do. Uh, you know there was a gyrocopter, there was parachuting, there was all these all these things, and it was just an amazing game uh, for me at that age. Uh, you know, if I asked you if it's something that you should go out and buy right now, maybe not. But for me, at that age, this was one of my favorite games. So, Dan, I mean, I, since I think you've played it, I'm interested to hear what you think about it as well. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really awesome. And, and I never played the – I think they had one for the Super NES. Uh, but I never played that one until I got the N64 and played Pilotwing 64. And that was uh, flying, like, on the hang gliders, being able to fly, like, kind of hang mm-hmm. gliders and having to land. You know, they had little games where you had to land in certain targets and things like that and – adjust yep. for like the wind when you parachute down and try and land on these bullseyes, which was all, you know, fun little mini games that you could play and being able to fly in these little copters and things like that. And like 
going through like the rings and you had, you know, you just had to do different courses and, and stuff like that of, of just flying. And I thought it was really, really awesome. And then just the mechanics of it were so fun. And I thought, you know, at that time the graphics were, were really good. Great. And great. You know, just being able to kind of just, yeah, being able to fly, you know, there was, I never really played flying games, honestly, until the N64 when I played that one. And then, you know, Star Fox and, like yeah. that one was so unique. Superman and Superman, <laughs> yeah, human flying Superman. Nobody wanted to play that, game. and <laughs> that's that's for the other top ten. But yeah, just that, and you know, having those, the way they built in, like like I said, with the wind and stuff like that, and having to land when you did when you did mm-hmm. you know flying those things, or when you had to do the parachute mini games and stuff like that. They had so many different things that you could do with that game that it was so it was so fun and, and so many different options. Yeah, and I think the so there the three main uh, aircraft that you had was like this gyrocopter. You had a uh, a uh, a rocket suit and a hang glider. And what was interesting is one of the maps was a con- super condensed version of the United States. And, you know, you could you could fly over New York and there was kind of a mock up of the Statue of Liberty. You could fly over to California, but it was like super condensed, tiny. But once you realize that, like, you can just fly around, like they had missions and stuff. And that was a fantastic part of the game. But then you realize, like, wait a second, I don't really have to do the missions. I can just kind of fly around and explore. And then all of a sudden you're like, there's gas in the, in the gyrocopter. And you're like, I'm running out of gas. Oh, wait, there's a gas station right there. I wonder what's going to happen. So you land. And you just drive through the gas station, and all of a sudden your gas fills up, and it's like, oh my god, this is freaking awesome! <laughs> like, like I can't. Like, it's one of those things. Like, how do they even think to do that? Like, of course they thought to do that, but like it, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, this is awesome! I can keep flying indefinitely. So, that was that's my number ten. So, sweet, Adam, what's the number ten that you're nobody else is gonna have? Dun dun dun. <laughs> My number 10 is James Bond 007 Nightfire. Hmm. Interesting. Gotcha. Got all of you. You guys are going to be like, oh, he's going to say GoldenEye, idiot. Of course that's on our list. Nope. Gotcha. Uh, GoldenEye is one of my favorites. Uh, Nightfire is different for me where I put it above... uh, I think I think Drew, you kind of said it, and kind of what you were saying, Sean, is if I thought about best games, just how they look, how they play, the whole aspect of it, it'd be a lot of the new games. It wouldn't necessarily be all the older games, but for me, I like I my my list is kind of a fifty-fifty mix, um, and a lot of these, which is this game, is more all the memories and the countless hours spent playing this game. Um, so for anyone not familiar. Uh, it's Pierce Brosnan's James Bond. I don't think it's even voiced by him, but it's close enough. It sounded like him. You, they created an original story for this, so it's not a mimic of the of a movie in any way. Um, and there was two big modes. It was a single-player player mode, which I played through those missions and story. It had to been over five, ten times, honestly. I would continually go back and replay the whole story. I loved driving around in the car. I loved all the gadgets, being James Bond. You know, going back and looking at it now, it's pro- it doesn't look great. It's probably not the greatest story, but I think that really got me into wanting to play a game for its story and go back to it and keep playing it. 
but the thing that changed for me was the multiplayer mode. And I had this for PlayStation 2. Um, with the PlayStation 2, you could only plug in two controllers. You had to get the adapter to play with the full four friends. So I had those broken adapters that worked with some PlayStation 2s and not other ones. Uh, I, th I threw many of those in the garbage. But um, we would play. It had the all the classic characters from the awful 70s, 80s Bond movies. Uh, so we'd all play as like Jaws, Oddjob, Knickknack, which... If you're odd job, you got your hat. If you're knickknack, you're shorter than everyone. Jaws can bite people. Like, just the crazy extra additions they put into the characters you could choose for multiplayer. And you could play with AI. You didn't have to just play with your, you know, three other friends. And I remember multiple times, because I, I was 10 to probably 15 when I played this game the most before getting an Xbox 360, um, getting together with friends, and it'd be six of us at a house rotating through playing this all night just playing this game and that was it was easy to put in my top 10 uh just because of the one it's james bond i love james bond and you know one of my first memories of that story and then multiplayer just playing game and having fun with friends interesting i never played this one uh and i feel like i need to go back and, and look at this one because i do love i love james bond and i love the I, I, I'm a big fan of gadgets and, and all that kind of gameplay and mm -hmm. just that in movies as well. So it's, uh, and if it makes your top 10, geez, I, I, this was one I, I totally missed on when I played the different games in this series. So something I definitely need GameCube to GameCube emulator, here we come. Boom. Yeah, it was out for GameCube <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, I have yep. my, I have my PS2, uh, so I could, uh, oh, there you go. And I have a GameCube, I guess. So I could get it for either one, I guess. And then I'm going to have to look this one up. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks I, for adding more was, stuff to my list to play. You're welcome. <laughs> it was a ton of fun, and this was honestly one of the first games that popped in my head for a top ten, thinking of like just enjoyment I've had in a video game. Uh, and I know I threw everyone off, because they would, thought I would have said Goldeneye. I was Got like... Got like, oh. <laughs> I'm, ha I'm half-cocked. I'm ready to Knife. go. As soon as I hit, <laughs> James oh, Bond? My hand's up. Nightfire. Oh. <laughs> oh, well. Why not just say Perfect Dark? Perfect Dark, Goldeneye yeah, Two, Perfect Dark. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, right. I love Perfect Dark. That was one that was Perfect uh, Dark was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, looking back at my top fifty, I don't know if that made my top fifty. I don't think so. It shouldn't have. No, <laughs> it was good though. Was, that was my favorite time. That was my favorite man playing those. But why not Turok? Turok was a good one. Turok was, was good, good and they they actually yeah. did a they released Turok for. Um, the Switch, if you want to go back and play that one for nostalgia. That's one I, I haven't picked that one up yet. I, went, I just went through Doom 64 on the Switch. So. <laughs> uh, but not to rock yet. Yeah, no, All I right. sidetracked. Back to it. All right. Number 10 for me, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Adam has it higher. He's raising his hand. So we'll, we'll pass hold mine. On, hold then. on, I had, I had 25 games on my list. Let me make sure it made the cut. Yeah, and is it combo? Is it comboed with every other Super Mario Brothers games? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not, it, and it is higher. Okay, it's higher. That means we're moving on, and we're moving on to Sean, who gets to give his number ten, and then right into his number nine. So you're bringing it back around. Mario Kart. 
No hands. No hands. All right, then. No, all, which, all, all of them? All of Mario Kart or a specific no, Mario, Mario Kart? Mar oh, I'm sorry. Let me look up the trade name. Uh, <laughs> Mario Kart 64. That was my... <laughs> yeah, there we <laughs> go. Man, nailed it. All right. Well, I'm winning bingo well. right now. You would dominate here. Well, that number nine. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. All yours. Nowhere. It's all you. Oh, you got it. Baby. It's all you. All right. So from the question marks to the ex <laughs> exclamation points to that sharp sound when you get caught. Holy fucking shit. Metal Gear Solid was one of my favorite games I'd ever played as far as sort of the old school games go because it brought in that that you know, you got to sneak around, you've got to kind of tactically think about what you're going to do, you have to approach situations with more than just a run-and-gun style like GoldenEye or, you know, more than just, well, I hope I have enough HP like, um, you know, the Zelda games were. It, it, was, it was different. And to expand on that, that's what kind of got me into the, the original Splinter Cell for the oh, PlayStation was yes. I really enjoyed that style of sneaking around and god forbid you got caught because as soon as you saw that exclamation point and that sound it was like well i'm screwed like <laughs> it's over <laughs> so it, mm -hmm. it was it was my first introduction to sneaking around in a game versus just rolling up on people you know kind of like any other game or just getting into your mario kart and driving around it 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 brought a new sort of experience to video games for me yeah, trying to think back of like those type of games and when really stealth became a thing, and and from when it comes to those, like Metal Gear is kind of to me, it feels like one of the first ones to do that. Uh, so that's that's definitely a good choice, and and I do love those stealth games, and it definitely paved the way for other, you know, a lot of games that do that nowadays. You know, even some of those ones with heavy action, like you know, like the Tomb Raiders or even the Gotham game, you know, the Arkham series games. It's a lot of it is stealth and just trying to take out guys without being seen before, you know, so you can kind of limit the amount of enemies you have to deal with. So it, it's definitely one that, and, and, that paved the way. Yeah, and kind of using your environment to your advantage in a way that hadn't been presented personally to me before. Like, it, it just kind of got me interested in the thought that you had to put into getting through a mission without just blasting shit yeah like you could hide in hide in a locker and wait for people and I, I, some of the innovative stuff that they did too like I, i'm now that made me think about like the some of the boss fights that they did and then one of the most iconic ones is where you know it, during the middle of the boss fight like they do i can't remember what it how, how it works how it happens but then you actually have to have a second controller plugged in and use the second controller to finish right. the boss fight and it's like how the fuck like <laughs> That's just the weirdest thing that they came up with. And it was like, that's just, that's so kind of cool that, that way that they can do that. That's Kojima, every, man. Every game was like that. Every game was like that, where it was just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's Kojima, man. That guy is just, he's out there. You know, it, I think that's what, that's what steered me away from Metal Gear Solid. I think the only one that I really played was uh, Five uh, Phantom Pain, is it? Mm, um, something like that. Okay, so that's the only one I had played was Metal Gear Solid Five, and I think I, I was playing it along just fine, and then everything started getting just weird, you know. Like you have re, you have really when the Metal Gears start coming around, and then you have like really strange 
uh, you know, enemies and stuff. Like, I didn't know much about the game before I played this one, so I was going in pretty cold. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all this like crazy paranormal stuff starts happening. I'm like, okay, wait, I wasn't expecting this. I thought this was just a like stealth shooter game. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I don't remember if it was two or three, but you're playing as Raiden, and you get uh, kidnapped, and the whole mission is you running around butt-ass naked trying to knock <laughs> people out so you can go get back to your, like, super suit kind of thing. So there was definitely some, some you know, items that came out of left wing with that, but that that's kind of what I enjoyed about them, was it, it, it didn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time, it was compelling enough to keep you, you know, going forward with it. Very good. All right. Well, number nine for me, I'm sticking in the world of Mario, and it is Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> and Wait, like from the NES? From the NES. Like, Man, I think you're going to be the only person in the world that's going to have that in their top ten. That's, that's awesome. No, that's not no, true. No way. That no? no way. No way. Well, maybe. I don't There's know. There's people that have it higher, probably. But... I, I did. That's yeah, funny that good. you say that too, because I received a, <laughs> I received a lot of slack on this one uh, when I said it on the bandwagon nerds, because they a lot of them they don't feel like this is a Super Mario game because of it was so different and it's true. I mean, when it was originally put together, it wasn't necessarily going to be a Mario Mario game, but uh, you know they kind of made it, adjusted it, altered it to make it. A Mario Brothers game because Super Mario Two in Japan was like Super Mario Brothers original, and oh. this one was completely different. But that's something I loved about it is that it was so different. And regardless if it was a Super Mario game or not, I would have really enjoyed this thing because it was at that time it wasn't the straightforward linear you can't go backwards, you know you're stuck with what you're doing, you know type of game. It was more of an open world you could go left and right you had different options mm-hmm. you had doors and rooms you could go into and you know the different you know none of the characters from mario were there it was all different kind of characters and some people weren't happy with the story because it it's all a dream you know and then it was like oh the ending is he wakes up or whatever and it's like eh, so that's okay i mean if you read the if you read Don't the back it. of the booklet you knew it was a dream anyway so it's fine <laughs> but like <laughs> I enjoyed, I, I really enjoyed this game. I thought it was, like, super fun. And, you know, it had these, just, it had different things, different elements. You could play as four different characters if you wanted to, and they all did different things. And, you know, the the just the fact that it was different boss fights, and I loved, I loved them. I loved Birdo. I loved, you know, the fact that you could, you still had the warps in there that you had to find if you wanted to get through certain levels. And it was just something different it was still a fun game whether regardless if it was a super mario brothers game or not it would have been really fun it still would have made my list whatever they wanted to call it so yeah sure i mean don't don't get me don't get me wrong i <laughs> i when i was saying that's awesome like it, it's one game that i completely had forgotten about you know and then as soon as you said that, i'm like oh my god that was a good game um but it's it's one that just has kind of fallen off like i think i think people you know, because of that back lore and because of, you know the fact that it started out as a different game and it came back came out as a mario in the u.s like i think because of all of that stuff people have kind of just forgotten about it and there's a certain amount of people that have just a hate for that game for absolutely no reason because mm-hmm. um, like you said it's a really good game like yeah it's, okay it's not it's not like mario games <laughs> it's not like a mario <laughs> right? game right 
Um, but I think do you, you said you hit the nail on the head, like the four different characters. Like, I think that's one of the first games ever where you had a couple different characters that you could play through the same game and you'd have different advantages or disadvantages. I could be wrong. There could have been a fighting game or something like that that did something similar. But I feel like this is the first kind of story-based game that had those different abilities and things that you could kind of pick and choose to your strengths which character you used. I think it was pretty cool. All right. No, no uh, complaints from me. I could make a top ten, I think, of just Mario games, if I'm being yeah. honest. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, tell us what your number Sean's nine like, is. Sean's like, no, there's no, there's no horror in that. That's bullshit. <laughs> well, give us, well, give us that number nine. Uh, I was never a Mario fan, so yeah, except I'll for just Mario put Kart. that out there. I like the spinoffs like Mario Party and Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. I never really liked Mario games. Just, just yeah, you can kick me out now. <laughs> okay. How do I mute? How do I mute on here? Everybody, yeah, we're gonna end early, guys. Uh, everybody, you know, stay here. Sean, you can leave if you want, but we'll clean up. We'll clean it up and wrap up from here. It's just so two dimensional. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, wait here. I'm sorry, Drew is giving. A very judgmental look, so I won't make any more of those jokes today. That, that's just my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Got them all. Nice. All right, Adam. All right, Adam. Number nine. Number nine. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Uh, For real? Higher. Oh, look at I, that. I love it. I can't oh, wait. Oh, baby. Awesome. All right. Moving on, then. Number nine for Drew. All right. Let's try this again. Grand. <laughs> Auto. Three. Oh, that is such a trash game. <laughs> yeah, fuck your top oh. ten, Drew. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, fuck your pilot game and your Grand Theft Auto oh. 3. <laughs> The one that brought it into the mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> shitting on it. Oh, come on. Vice City is so much better. Okay. Well, then we're, I'm hoping I you, see that on your list. You can make your down. argument. Then. <laughs> For me, it was Grand Theft Auto 3. That was the beginning. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't think I am alone in that. I think the Grand Theft Auto 3 was everybody's first foray into what is Grand Theft Auto. In fact, if if you say that you were a super duper fan of Grand Theft Auto 1 or 2 uh, before 3 came out, I'm going to look at you suspect. I'm going to bring out that judgmental voice. <laughs> it was so two-dimensional. It was awesome. <laughs> Man, that top down. I was, I was a fan of Grand Theft Auto London when that one came out. Um, okay. What the hell so, is that? You don't play that one? <laughs> oh. No. So no, after... That was pre-3? That was pre-3. It was still top down. But they did it okay. in London, and all the cars were like you know mini like Cooper Mini Coopers, all the London cars. You had to drive on the other side of the road. Oh my god! Oh, oh what a difference! So <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm stealing yeah. this. 
Go on, Drew. Please. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's fine. I mean, I, how much do I really have to talk about Grand Theft Auto? Everybody knows what this game is, right? Like, especially Grand Theft Auto Three, because, like I said, like the, this, everyone has played this game all the way through countless times. And you know, I think for me, it was again, I, you know, it's at at that age where it was perfect for me to like start getting into uh, a car Walkers and, and drugs. <laughs> and <guns>. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean. For me, so I turned I was 18. Yeah. I was like maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school when this came out. And uh, like that's perfect time. Like that's when you just you can't think of anything else besides getting your license. Right. And you're just uh, this is the perfect time to be just rebellious and uh, drive around, you know, shoot people up, do these missions, get you know involved with the mafia. Like that is yeah. prime time to be getting into that stuff. Um, so for me, it was just like, this was that game where it was like that rebellious, you know, teenager, uh, you know, this is something that I probably shouldn't be doing. Right. Cause there's all this violence. There's, you know, like you said, hookers and there's all these innuendos and half the stuff, even at that age, maybe went over my head, but like, it's like, uh, it was, it's just such an awesome game. And it, for, for it to be like the first entry into what we know as the Grand Theft Auto franchise today, uh, it had to be on my list. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sorry I couldn't put it further up, but it's uh, it's it's just a fantastic game, and that it, you know I'm sure all of you have uh, plenty of stories that you could tell about this game as well. So I think the the biggest no, thing. I was gonna say. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, John. You go, please. No, I was gonna say like he he's absolutely right. It was an eye opener into the more adult version of video gaming, where yep. it's like. Oh, hey! You can you can make this super interesting. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do agree. Like that that was definitely like I played GTA two again. You know, top down, but it, it's more arcadey feeling. Whereas GTA three was a much more fleshed out, you know, full story, and again, kind of introduced you to the adult concepts that you could start to get away with because it was super controversial, and was still successful because it was entertaining and people got a lot out of it. And no, I agree. Like that, that was definitely a, a groundbreaking series. Yeah. And I would add, uh, I think the problem why I look like Vice City was probably my favorite over that, but is because when I got this game and could finally play it, it was years after it came out and I got, there was a, like a two pack that had Grand yeah. Theft Auto three and Vice City. So that's mm-hmm. how I played it. And I started with three and then we started playing Vice City, and we were like, uh, we're playing Vice City. So like, Tommy Versetti all yeah, day. I didn't, I didn't come back <laughs> enough to three because of that. So like, that kind of throws it off for me a little bit, but you, it's correct. Like That's what this game was, just a different, like, oh, this look at all this badass shit I'm doing. And when you say shoot people up, it's like, technically, you can do that in two ways. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> And I think drugs, drugs. kids, drugs. I uh, I have that. I think it was a three pack. Even you could get. Maybe it included San Andreas as well at some point. But yeah, I'm that, sure it did. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah, it's just an awesome game. It was. I can't find it immediately in the immediate vicinity. But yeah. no, no respect. I, I feel bad about calling it a trash game. You're, you're <laughs> at Look at all this backpedaling. See, because I played Vice City. And then I played GTA 3, and I was like, dude, this map is like five feet by five feet. Like, yeah. what the hell? That's, <laughs> yeah. just, that's, it. that's exactly it. You went backwards, right? Like, yeah. this was this was it, right? Like, this was, this was me. Like, this is the start of all of it, and I was able to be there when it came out and playing it. Like, that's, 
And then it then it was when Vice City came out, and then San Andreas came out. It was like I can't wait. Like I have to be, I have to go get these games as fast as possible. So midnight release. Oh, the good old days. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll shove my. I'll shove my, my hot taste in my ass next time. I'm sorry. It's a game. <laughs> All right. Well, how about uh, number eight? Bring it up. Bring it right on back around. Oh, I got to bring it right back. So this is the first uh, maybe combo game. So we'll see how you guys feel about combining these two together. Don't like it. Uh, yeah. Well, Bunch I, of I, bullshit. I, I think you're going to be okay with it when I say it. It is Just Cause 2 and 3. So the two just causes. You're you're thinking I need to I need to choose one. Is that the that's the looks I'm getting? I right think now? you need to choose one. You need to choose four of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I can tell you one for sure. Four. One of the four is definitely not going to be on here. Four was fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you don't know, talk I, about GTA three like that. <laughs> first of all, did, does anybody have any of the just causes further up on their list before I decide to start talking about it? Negative. Okay. So I think for me the reason I chose both of them is because yeah they're they're not the same by any means they're definitely they're different engines they're different eras of, of video games but man I just think the Just Cause series and and all even though it's got such a bad rap for you know for four uh, coming out and being just completely broken um, and Just Cause one you know, it was a super early game it just you know it didn't didn't kind of live up to what it could have been two and three were like really the best and you'll find i'll pick three just because it's a little bit more uh modern but i think it's like the <laughs> the amount of like the way you can damage things and the way you can use those uh the grappling hook or whatever you call it and you can tie things together and pull them into each other and they explode and like all of the flexibility you have uh, being able to tie things, the, the physics engine in this game was just amazing, you know, and like the amount of things like with being able to fly around and you could tether these cars to your plane and it'd swing around and all this destruction you cause it, there, there's really not a lot of, a lot of other games out there that even get close to being kind of that fun just from a pure destruction and like abuse of physics uh so that's why these i'll I'll stick with three just cause three that's why just cause three is on on my list yeah i was huge fan of just cause three i I never played the ones before um so i I guess i can't i can't state anything to number two but playing three i mean it was just yeah one of those like yeah there's 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 a bit of a story there um but it's really just a filler almost because all you're really wanting to do is just go out there and just you can just destroy the ever living shit out of everything, and that's what the fun part is. Is you know your guy Rico is like, you know, in, in a sense almost indestructible, and he's got these cool little arm gadget that you can fly around on, and your wingsuit that you can fly, and then you know you're just going to find all these different little towns, and you're you know destroying the statues and blowing up the the speakers that are there, and raising the flag, and all you know just goofy little things but you got you know it's basically kind of repetitive in a sense to each different city but or town but it's just so fun to go out there and just have all these different weapons and just blow shit up and it's one of those like mindless games that you can go back to and play anytime you want and it's just so goddamn fun Mm -hmm. yeah no to uh to kind of a 
another extent of that would be it, have y'all ever played Gary's mod on Steam? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that just caused is like that game except fleshed out with an entire yeah. environment. Yep. And it it's surprisingly versatile in what just cause lets you do. Like there was plenty of experiments that you could kind of try to pull off and it was like, yeah, I got it. And all the videos that would come out on YouTube, it was like, holy shit, this is actually a lot of fun. Just chaos. Just go cause some chaos. And I I enjoyed that as well. And and really the with Just Cause 2, they had come out with a fan made multiplayer version. Like it was yeah, it was I think it started out completely as a mod. And it was just fan made. And then at one point, uh, you know, Avalanche Studios, maybe they had, uh, you know, or Eidos, I guess, is whoever, whoever actually developed versus published, they might have rolled it in and actually blessed it off because at some at one point it was available on Steam as well. But so they had a multiplayer version of this game, which I mean, to just to get that amount of like physics engine working as a single player game is nuts. Add in. It poor internet connections and you know, 64 <laughs> other p or 63 other people, uh, it is just going to be bonkers, and it was. So, yeah, and I think yeah, it's it's just a great game. So there you go. Sweet. Number eight. I approve. Number Thank eight. <laughs> Adam, number eight. Uh, you guys are not going to approve of this one. Get ready. List goes off the rails. Here we go. And I adjusted my list before I say this game because of Dan yelling at us to not have multiple games for one number. So Don't worry, it's going to happen again later on my list. (laughs) I've got a couple. (laughs) My number eight is The Sims 3. Oh. No. No, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. (laughs) Wait a minute. Uh, (laughs) I... This one is on there purely, uh, I will say, my original line for Sims was Sims 2, Sims 3, and Sims busting out uh, (laughs) because I couldn't choose. And I finally decided to make the choice on which one did I play the most. Uh, Busting out is where I started. Love love that name. What a name, Uh, Sims busting out. That sounds like like a a title for Leisure Suit Larry. (laughs) Oh, my God, no. (laughs) All sex, that's on someone's sex list. Jokes. Sex jokes. Uh, it was the. Uh, wait, hold on. Magna was... cum laude. Oh, it wasn't Do on my you... list. Oh well. All you right. don't have no no sound. I was waiting for sound. No sound. Oh, you're good. For laser suit, right, right, I do not have. Right, go for it. Uh, <laughs> don't have. Sorry. I so Sims three <laughs> on my list. I played it on PC. Probably the most hours I put into a game on PC. Um. I, that was something I am addicted to. I just creating a person, building shit, moving in, uh, closing off walls. Like, there are so many ways you can take that game. It's like, I can play realistic and let my character go from, like, young to old to pass away. I could, one age, I could literally trap one of the families in their house and watch as they can't get out of their house and then take their house from them. Like, you could be, you could play that game so many ways. I personally love the building aspect. I had more fun. Uh, it's like Dan with your baseball game where you're just building rosters. You don't actually play the game. But it's the uh, <laughs> it's where I, I build the houses. I fill it up. I, like, do the whole yard. And then, you know, I'm like, well, I got my fun. And then I want to do it over. 
But and you just burn uh, it down Sims for the insurance Street, money. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sims 3, why it sticks out is the couple expansions that I probably played the most. Where, like, I took a character for, like, full length of life almost of going through the university, being a bum, deciding I'm going to make all my money being a rock star, having the biggest house because I could do all that and not actually have a job. And then, uh, you know, you live the playboy life. What, what am I, trying to get married, have kids in Sims? What is this, a simulation? And then... I'll do that in real life. <laughs> I do that in real life. Uh, so just the things that you can do with Sims, I, I always love playing those. Uh, I had to get it in the top ten, not necessarily my top five, but point out I put so many hours in. Love the creation. This specific one, I love the expansions. Uh, just fun overall I'd have. Sims fans? Nothing? Nobody? Oh, Not I, I, there are no Sims fans. Excellent. No, I, I, I love The Sims. Sim, <laughs> it, it's a great game. It didn't, wasn't good enough to, to reach into the top ten for me, but Sims 3, I agree. I think that was one of the best ones that they had come out with. Um, I think that was right at the beginning of when they started to do a ton of DLC. Yeah. So yep. you could you could really spend a ton of money if you if you really, really wanted to. Uh, you know, I think I just kind of stuck with whatever the base game was, and exactly like Adam said, did all the fun, crazy stuff that you could do. <laughs> um, and then there was a modding community out there as well, so you could do different yeah. things. And there were cheat codes, and you know, it was there was a lot of fun. So it just wasn't enough to kind of make it to make it to my list. No. Yeah, that I got lucky to get the expansions I got because I bought the a cheap version that had the expansions inclusion included, and it wasn't like Steam sale. EA had some kind of sale. I was like, well, it's cheaper than the base game. That doesn't sound okay. right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know, it's because <laughs> I just it that year. <laughs> it, it was before they figured out the model of how to make you pay more money later on. <laughs> uh, they were, that was them trying it out. I mean, yeah. I think Sims 3 was one of the very first ones when they were really just exploring, like, how much money can we bleed out of a single game? Yeah. <laughs> to buy literally shit, not even get more, like, story necessarily. <laughs> like, some of it story... With like the university is the one I'll say, but or it's like, hey, for five bucks you can get this couch set, right? And people would pay that money. <laughs> yeah, no clothes, animals, like yeah, it, all it, of it. Got, I remember that because I was working at Best Buy at the time, and believe me, holy shit, did they just have an expansive <laughs> shelf of bullshit for just adding to the Sims? And I was like, this, this doesn't seem right. And here we are, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. See, that was I should have been, you know, had my eyes open a little better than that because it was really obvious they finally got onto that sort of a cosmetics if you want them. And it's like, oh my god, no. Five four ninety nine, you can get a couple things. Only four dollars ninety nine cents. Oh my god, yeah, that that was shit for your virtual character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, number eight for me. I'm pretty sure it's going to be higher on one person's list. And that for me is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And there's the hand wow. that I expected to see. Nope. <laughs> nope. My hand is up. Yes. So <laughs> and, there and, you oh, go. Oh, by the way, you're going to be waiting a while. Uh, so. <laughs> I highly expected that. So. <laughs> There you go. All right, moving on to Sean for his number eight. Last of Us? 
interesting. It was close. I'm, I had a fight over getting that in the top ten, and I did not. But All I'm, right, so. <laughs> All right, so I thoroughly enjoyed the hell out of this game, and in fact, I bought it twice a la Grand Theft Auto. I uh, had to get the remaster for the PS4. It is one... It's... It's an incredible story. Like, just obviously right off the bat, that's why it's kind of up there. Uh, the storytelling, the kind of emotional draw you get from the characters, um, some of those freaky surprises that you kind of saw coming, but once they flesh themselves out, you, you, you know, cannibals. Um, <laughs> like, it, it was just an overall really emotionally enticing game that I, I... It was one of those that, while I was at work, I was like, damn, I can't wait to get home and play this. Like, it... Graphics were great. The gunplay was great. The enemies you had to face were terrifying, especially when you came across clickers and kind of ran into some of those more advanced mutations that, you know, it was like, oh my god, I, it, it's it's tougher than, you know, zombies that have been kind of fleshed out in Resident Evil in the past. You know, it, it, they're not just mindless dumbasses walking around waiting for you to kind of roll up on them and take care of it. You know, they there was legitimate strategy that had to go into some of the levels that you had to face. You know, do I distract this one? Do I just wait here for 10 minutes and wait for the guy to just get back to the other side of the room so I can keep sneaking? You know, there were there were some points where I, I did not get into a conflict because I was like, I cannot figure out how the hell to do this if they're alerted that I'm here. And, you know, I guess that kind of goes back into my fascination with the way Metal Gear Solid did things is it was just... It was, it was scary. Like, it was legitimately terrifying playing that game, and I, I really enjoyed the characters and the way they, they kind of spun the story. Don't, I'm glad you had this on your list. Uh, I completely agree. I loved the dynamic of how you played the game, how it looked, like the... Um, you, you said it exact, like, different enemy styles that weren't necessarily dumb enemies, like, they... There was a smartness to them, and you had to play that in your strategy of how to get through a level, um, and with not having unlimited resources. Usually, you had very minimal to work with, and that makes it that made it harder. That made that game a challenge where it was like, uh, I just I, you exactly with like you think about a game like I can't wait to play that again. That's what makes the game good. It's not like it doesn't feel like work. Uh, it's like, I got to play this to keep up. No, you're like playing it because I really want to play this game. And um, the other aspect, which I was curious, Sean, if you played, was the multiplayer at all. But at all. Because the multiplayer for me, I had friends that were also playing it. So we could play as a group of four and play the multiplayer. And the beginning of that multiplayer for like the first year, two years, we would play that like every other week. Every week. And it was so much fun because a team of us that loved the way the game played, could figure it out. We could do very well, play till like 6, 7 a.m. all night. And uh, then the game, it got kind of shit. Like everyone changed one day how they played the multiplayer and we just stopped playing it. It wasn't like the stealth way, but not to overtake it too much, but it's just an excellent game. Yeah, and I, I, I really enjoyed the take on kind of that post-apocalyptic world. I mean, I know that's been, you know, done over and over, but, you know, the scene when you get to the university and him and Ellie are kind of looking out over an overpass and everything is totally green. There's giraffes walking, like, through the middle of, you know, the university across the park. And it, it, I don't, it was just gorgeous, but 
hauntingly so. And yeah. that, that's kind of why I liked it so much. Yeah. And the remastered, it looked amazing. Like, it was perfect. It already <laughs> looked good to you. begin with. And then, yeah, yeah they, they totally <laughs> nailed it on the remaster, which is why I bought it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They got me. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that, that would be that would be mine. Well, you get to bring it right back around with your number seven. God of War. The newest version? Three. God of War 3. Okay, still not I on my list. I actually was not a huge fan of the newest one. It, it uh, The thing I liked about God of War 3 was... Hold on. Oh, no. no, God of War 2. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Uh... No, um... That was uh, some of the coolest combat that you could possibly imagine. Um, the puzzles you had to solve intermixed with the ungodly amount of gore. There's titties in the beginning of it, you know, just, I mean, there's <clears throat> breasts upon women that are viewable. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, but my peenie just went, huh? <laughs> I mean, I had played some other games like Dynasty Warriors where you just kind of roll up and slash through shit, and yeah, it's cool and whatnot, but now the the story on that was... I'm, I'm a story-driven guy, if I haven't made that clear yet. You know, I like a good story. I like something that's fleshed out, well thought out, and kind of, you know, intertwines itself with what you're doing in the video game, and... God of War 2 had some of the coolest puzzles, some of the coolest fights, some of the coolest boss fights. You know, I mean, you're walking around killing, you know, Greek mythology creatures, and they made them every bit as intimidating as you would imagine them if you had just read it from a book. And so I, I really enjoyed God of War as far as storytelling, fighting, you know, that whole hack and slash, um, you know, a step back from something like Splinter Cell. Just walk in there and go ham on things and find creative ways to get through it. And I I thought the entire series is great, but two really, you know, really sunk me into they they they've got something on their hands here. Yeah, and like from from what I can remember, it's one of the first games to involve like almost like a finisher, you know, where they had the certain button sequence that you had to do for for guys when you wore them down far enough or whatever for the those big characters. It gave it that feel like this is a big guy and it's going to take a little bit more to take them down. And I thought that was really kind of cool and, and innovative at the time. And I don't remember if it was two or not where you started to climb the Titans when you were on Gaia. And that was that three. I don't remember. But it was like just remember doing that when you had to like climb, you know, on the Titans and they, they got involved. And it was like it made it feel like the Titans are really fucking huge, which is what they're supposed to be. And it was like, they and made they're it their feel. own environment. Yeah. Like, like it was just this massive thing. Living on them. Yeah. And that was like, Oh man, like this is really cool. Like there's something that they never did. And it really made you get immersed into the, into the whole thing. Cause, and just adding to that story, like I said, I'm a, I'm a story guy too. Give me a good story to, to, to really sink my teeth into. Cause otherwise I'm going to be disengaged. And that one is just so cool of him going through all the that mythology and trying to get to to kill Zeus and all that is like man like they really did a good job okay moving on then 
<laughs> number seven for me is Super Metroid from the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. It's okay. I was, I was, and it took, before that time, I was not a Metroid fan. Like, I never, I didn't play the first one. I didn't play the one for Metroid 2 for a Game Boy. But when this one came out, it was just, it was, it took such a heavy leap above what they did in the in the first ones. Because I did go back and play them a little bit. But this one was just so cool because, again, it was... At that time, there wasn't much of, you know, there wasn't audio over these games. There wasn't anything like that. It was just, you get you get dropped into the game, and here we go. You know, and you kind of had to, you know, they gave you a little bit of a text background of what was going on. But, like, that game was just so cool with the enemies that they had. The, the map was so immersive. There was a ton of different stuff that you could go do, and each kind of section had its own kind of element to it, you know, where one was, like, you had to get a certain suit before you could get into this area. So you had to make sure you go this way and like being able to drop certain types of bombs and like all the different little secret areas that were, that you had to figure out to get your power upgrades. And there was all these different little things that you could go find and do to get new weapons and, you know, new, you know, bigger power. You didn't need to necessarily find all the energy things to get higher, you know, basically pit points, but you could, if you wanted to, but you didn't have to. And, it just made the game easier if you could find these things. But it was a, at that point, it was like it was a puzzle in the fact that you didn't know necessarily know where to go and you didn't have any guidance, you know. And that was kind of the way games were back then, obviously, because like we talked about, you didn't have the internet to go to to figure out the map. You had to, yeah, you had to call Nintendo, the Nintendo <laughs> counselors. And if you're lucky, they played one of those 2000 games. And, <laughs> uh, but like I just loved it so much because the, the and then when you when you get to the boss the boss enemies were like the size of the screen and you're this little character and it was like these are larger than life enemies and it made it feel like it was a really tough battle to get through and everything and just everything that you could do in that game as you continued to upgrade your character was just added more and more to this game that was just so fun to play despite the fact that they're they're really I mean there's obviously a story but it wasn't it's not a story that grabs you and like like I say you know I love a good story it doesn't necessarily grab you and pull you in but the gameplay is what really pulls you in because there's so many different elements to the game and like trying to figure out how to pass one part is like okay I need to go find this and now I need to go backwards and all these different maps and all these different areas and go oh that's what I need this for and finally go get it and then come back and it's like man that was such a fun game and I continue to go back and play this game all the time, and I just recently did with the Nintendo Switch, giving us the Super Nintendo games, and this was one of them. And first thing I did was go back and play this one again because it's just so much goddamn fun. And I like it. You got the classics on there. I that that is not a game I've played. Uh, I think I've played app versions of of kind of that series. I don't even think I've really played the full game. Is that the one well, that can be like I've watched speedruns online of going through all the different levels, and they do it in like crazy amount of time how fast they can get through a speed run i don't know the exact time so I yeah this is this is one you can and yeah yeah this is you know super nintendo was more my wheelhouse like i grew up yeah. on nintendo and then super nintendo was when i was like this is my time so a lot of my games are going to be super nintendo slash n64 uh generally so yeah <laughs> all right well give me your number seven adam 
Uh, we'll keep you talking, because this is where Super Mario World falls on my list, is number seven. Um, one of those games that immediately, when I thought of a top ten, pops into my top ten. Um, I am obviously, uh, not not to say obviously, but I am younger than you guys. Uh, my first console was a Super Nintendo, um, and... I, at the time playing this, I was trying to guess what how old I was, and I would have been younger than, like, eight uh, playing this game. And this was, like, my first into trying to, like, beat a level. Like, eight is not old enough to try and beat one of these games, if I'm going to be honest. It, it was years later coming back to be like, oh, that's how I play that game, and then being addicted to it. So, like... I played this a ton. I love playing on the Super Nintendo. I would rotate between my brother, sister, and myself. I think I think I talked about this one on our first podcast as one of my like fondest memories. At least it should have been this one. But um, so playing this first and backtracking the others was kind of like what we just said with GTA, where it was like not the same. Uh, I didn't get how everybody else got Mario because I played this one first. Um, Love the introduction of Yoshi. There's the you get to fly and float are some of the cool new things. The colors themselves pop pretty nicely. It's generically the same story, right? To or uh, Peach gets captured because she's a piece of shit, and you know then you got to go save her ass. And eventually she puts out, and you get baby baby Mario and baby Peach. Uh, so you know it it comes around back in the day. It eventually comes around. Uh, but yeah, this one's my my number seven. Just the, all the classic memories of playing this and how it was different, and just loving this game as a kid. Yeah, I just love I, I love this one. This is you know I don't know it was number ten on my list, but it's it's that one Super Mario game that just opened the world up. You know, it, it, yeah. Like I talked about with Mario too. You know, where you can now go. You know, you're not just straight linear to the right. You can move back and forth. Left or right. Um, and mm-hmm. it adds a whole world element to it where you can, you know, select different levels and you're not just going, okay, world one, number two, world one, number three, well, you know, you have all these different, this whole big overview map and you have different levels. They're tailored to a certain, you know, structure of the, of the world that you're in. You know, you have different elements to each kind of section of the game that you could play. And it added those, you know, the, the blocks of the different color blocks that you have to go unlock and you can open up little bonus rooms and things like that. And the addition of Yoshi and being able to, you know, carry him, you know, have him on there. And yeah, the, the flying that they kind of expanded on from super Mario three, when they added that in was just awesome. And the, the so many different secrets and paths that you can take if you, you know, when you find them and, and, you know when you when you first finally understand that the little you know the little buttons when you get on each level if it's a red one you know there's two exits and trying to figure out what that other exit is was like so cool mm-hmm. and knowing like anytime you go into a ghost world there's going to be two exits in the ghost house and trying to find those was just awesome and learning those little secrets of how you can get your 99 lives if you go to that certain forest level you can work your way in and, and get all your all 99 lives if you want to is just you know it just expanded on the Super Mario franchise so much that it's just one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. I looked it up. It said uh, there's 96 level exits in total. Uh, so just, like, all the options you have for moving through that game. I like, It was fun. I feel like as a kid I never played the same game twice. I don't. It took me a long time to actually beat it because, you know, eight years old at 
at the oldest, there's no way I was beating that. Uh, I'm not the professional like we talked about in episode or about episode two of High Score, uh, learning the Tetris at seven years yeah. old or however old that guy was. Yeah, yeah, nobody's beating it at a level eight or at eight years old. So yeah, moving on. True. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is that phrasing? Was that phrasing? I think so. Hey, phrasing. <laughs> True, you got number seven coming at you. I do have number seven, and this is going to be a little bit departure from what you guys have been talking about so far. Uh, how do you guys feel about rhythm games? Oh boy, tell me, Guitar Hero is on there. Do you got you got Guitar Hero? Rock Band. Oh, uh, my man. Oh, I fought so hard to put that on my list. <laughs> now, to be honest, I can't remember if it was Rock Band 1, 2, 3. Like, Those are fine. Those are all the might, same. Those can be put together. Might... <laughs> no, but you have to pick one. We, we made that rule. Okay. Uh, no, no. First one. <laughs> those, those, those are one of the two exceptions. Are those games because they're basically the same game, just added new uh, songs and sports games dlc it's pretty much yeah, dlc the <laughs> definition of dlc you're literally just paying for more licensed songs um i think i think by the time it got to rock band 3 they added a keytar um oh, and, you know, maybe a couple of yeah whatever it so uh, for me rock band it was it was such a fun game to play with other people so like you you had a really good you know you could get really good you could practice and you could play games or play songs by yourself, um, but man like we would have parties where we would invite people over and th- this would be like the center of the party is you'd have you know four or five people depending on how many microphones and how many instruments you had kind of all playing at the same time, uh, and I think for me it was the Xbox 360 probably era, uh, so it's probably Xbox One Xbox Two. Uh, and it was just it, it was just so much fun. Like my wife and I formed our own band. Uh, we had the, the dog we have now. Uh, she's getting older. When she was brand new, a puppy. Uh, she, she we left the her in the apartment. Oh. Well, we left her in the apartment alone, and she didn't like that. So she ripped up all the blinds in our apartment. And this was like around the same time as we were getting this rock band set. And we called our band Bronnie's Revenge. Because the name of the dog's name is Bronny, and I mean to this day, it's like we, my wife and I's band, like we're Bronny's Revenge, like that's our name, um, you know. And we we really got into it. Like the the drums were broken in all of you know a couple months because you just the the drums that came with the set were just terrible. So like you know we spent we spent the extra money, got the upgraded like metal bass drums and like everything like that. But I mean, it was just so fun. It was just so much fun. So it, you guys rhythm games anywhere on your list or. It was a strong contender, but I did not include one of those. Cause I would have put guitar hero on there, but I was like, ah, there's some other games, but yeah, I, I truly enjoyed rock band as well. Mm-hmm. What the... I was in the same as you where it's like you would go to a party with whoever like it could be friends and i could be like going over to like my wife's parents house and they'd have like the neighborhood over and you'd bring that and that's any that's all everybody wanted to do because one it had all the music they love because it was mainly 80s you'd start getting the 90s as you got older the later versions but like there's songs they love they weren't really good at it 
And then I would be like, feeling like I'm the legit rock star because I play at home by myself, so I'm good at it. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, watch me do this on medium. Watch me go. Dude, I can't tell you. I don't think I've ever had a better feeling to when I could start just moving things to expert and just yeah. like start doing the drum. I didn't do the drums. My wife was all over the drums. She loved it. But I did the, uh, the guitar. And it, as soon as you... Like obviously there isn't any musical talent gained by this, but like you, <laughs> you found yourself being able to like move that, move that difficulty uh, slider over to expert. Oh wait, and then you could sing the song at the same time as you're doing the guitar. It's like I'm a fucking rock star, man. Look at me go! <laughs> I can do it. I'm pressing four buttons and going up and down yeah. on my. But I am doing it. <laughs> five yeah, buttons. Five buttons. But then <laughs> you're come on now. You hit that fucking whammy bar. Oh man! Oh That's yeah. Ended it. They're like, look at this kid. He's a pro. So. So yeah. it's just no, that's a good pick. That is a good pick. I, I really did enjoy those games, especially Guitar Hero. I, I know it's not the same thing, but that was so, a really cool idea that they came up with, and it fleshed out really well. We were we were called Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal, <laughs> which if anybody remembers American Gladiators, that was, I think, Malibu's uh, tagline. So that was our band name for sure. Yep. Enjoyed it. Awesome. I could not do the singing because for some reason, anytime I did the singing, I could never hit the the whatever tone you need to be. I just, yeah. I never never had a chance. I sucked at it. Wasn't me. But I could you rock, I could rock the guitar and the drums. <laughs> <laughs> I only I only did the soap the spoken word songs. I was <laughs> That's why we lost. My favorite son. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about getting louder. It's about hitting a note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I yelled my hardest, and I still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, bring it right on back. Number six. Oh boy. Okay. So, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Haven't played it because my girlfriend won't let me. Nope. <laughs> That's right. Is it too violent? <laughs> yeah. No, she hasn't beaten it, and ergo, I'm not allowed to play it till she beats it. <laughs> So I am dying to play it, but I have not played it yet. So, uh, blink twice if you need help. Right? <laughs> One. Yeah. What was, what was, That's wear, a lot of pain. Wear a yellow shirt if you need help. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so I'm I'm actually super surprised that none. Like uh, Dan, I thought you know I know you had already said the Ocarina of Time, and we'll talk about that later. But I thought Breath of the Wild would have been up there for you as well, but it's not, eh? Um. Not even the top ten, I guess that means. Not yeah, even, that's... not even, not top ten, not even top fifty. I, I was not a fan, honestly, of, of Breath of the Wild. Okay, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Damn, I, no that too RPG that for is... me. It was too RPG for me. I'm not. I can't okay. do it. I, no, I'll totally give Sucks. you that. It is definitely a deviation from other Zelda games, right? It was their first foray into a truly like open open world right i mean the the other games were always you know mostly open world but there was always like a direction you were supposed to be going there was always an objective uh in this game like literally like the objective to kill ganon is on it's on your objectives list i don't know maybe an hour into the game and it stays there forever like so it's and everything you do is just exploring and moving around and 
you know, you're kind of developing your character, you're visiting the shrines, you're getting more heart pieces, you're uh, visiting all of the different um, champions and getting all of their abilities and then, you know, taking down the bosses along the way. So it's just, it was truly, truly open world where you could do as much or as little as you wanted. And I could totally see how like a a traditional like Zelda purist would have just been like, this is, this isn't what I've been looking for in a Zelda game. And I could understand why it, it wouldn't hit your list. But for me, it was, it was the, it was just a great game. I was really excited to get another Zelda game uh, when the Switch came out. Uh, I I had missed Skyward Sword because I wasn't a Wii. I, I didn't. I wasn't in the Wii. I think you're really the last true Zelda game that I had played was probably Twilight Princess, uh, and that was because I kind of. I <laughs> at one point when I was in college, I bought a Wii for literally like a week when it was super hot when it first came out, and like Twilight Princess I think was one of the launch Zelda games. I came off with GameCube as well. Um, so like that was like the last Zelda experience I had. And as you know, I'm a big Zelda fan. So I had been like playing Ocarina of time, like time and time and time and time again. And then this Zelda game came out and it's like, fantastic. I'm getting the switch. I'm getting the Zelda game. It's going to be fantastic. And, and I just ate it up. So it is number six on my list. No one, no one else. No, I think so. No, you're no, you, well, you said Twilight Princess, and I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry you played that. That was such a bad game. But no, I mean, um, I guess Breath of the Wild feels like the full version of what they were trying to go for with Zelda in the first place. Like, it feels fully fleshed and totally, um, you know, there's a, uh, there's a word for it, but not contained. You know what I mean? Like, for for kind of the technology available at the time for Ocarina of Time and things like that, you could tell that's sort of what they were shooting for in the first place. And I, I've played Breath of the Wild. I haven't gotten to start a new game or, you know, go through uh, some of the story, but I've, you know, helped out on puzzles and I've kind of helped, you know, look for things here and there and try and, you know, help her get through the game so I can finally play it. <clears throat> and... Um... <laughs> No, it, it, it doesn't feel too far gone from what I remember from Ocarina of Time. It's just bigger. Yeah. And I, I enjoy it. So that's your number you six. That's so, my number six. I mean, <laughs> Adam, number six for you. Boy, I know this is definitely not on people's lists. Um, maybe. Madden... See, look at that. That's all I had to yeah. say was one word. I knew you guys were like, yeah, April shit. Well, which one? Give me the Madden yeah, 2004. <laughs> I, think I've, I think I've mentioned Madden 2004 like five times on this podcast. Uh, it was the Madden game I stole from a friend, never gave back. I had it for GameCube, which was, you know, crazy uh, back then even. Um, it's the one with Michael Vick on the cover. Uh, he uh, was very is. overpowered. He was a 95 overall speed, which was unstoppable. He was unstoppable because oh, if anything, if anything, yeah, if anything broke down, you could run and no one was catching you. Um, so that made it like an arcade with they really were starting to hit the trend of simulation part of the football games, uh, trying to make it realistic. This was the first year with a the franchise mode, uh, which is how I got addicted because I started playing that. and It wasn't just playing, you know a football game and then you play another game a different time. They don't mean anything related like this. I could run a franchise, control the whole team, 
um, get the players I wanted, no salary cap, do all the crazy shit. Uh, Brett Favre would end up being my uh, my head coach when he would ever retire. Uh, like that was all, oh. the, all the stuff I did. Shut, shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. Um, and I think what's cool about this is that like developers that said they went back and they had to add things to future installments to literally beat Michael Vick because they made they didn't realize how overpowered he would be. So like just for me it was like the most fun I've had playing a Madden game and it's just it honestly's gone downhill since. Uh I loved that one the most. It had to be in my top ten. I mean it was eight number eighteen on my list of my top fifty for just the Madden franchise in general, just because for the same reasons. I loved I loved Madden. I really, lately, I obviously, the last good handful of years, I don't play it anymore because I don't like the way it, it's gone, but I was a yeah. huge fan. Uh, it was that same era there. I, I would always play as Donovan McNabb, and I loved yeah. Philly, and they had some ridiculously good defensive quarterbacks at that time. And I remember, like, that was my favorite thing to do would be play defense. I, I loved playing the defense, and that's what turned me off is that you really can't play defense anymore in the new Maddens, and it's too difficult. It's not the same. And yeah, you can't different. make those adjustments at the line because they snap the ball immediately, and it's just not as fun for me. But, like, that, right right around that era is just some amazing Madden games right there, and, and I love the franchise mode. That was, like, my favorite thing, like, my best friend is was like awesome at that, and I'd be like, "Okay, here's what I want on my team. Can you help me find like an awesome wide receiver that could play the slot position? And I need a good middle linebacker." And he's like, "All right, mm-hmm. let's go find one." And he would, he's like, find these guys for dirt cheap that were just fucking amazing. And it was like, holy shit! Like, how the hell do you find this shit? How do you know? Like, he was so good at it. Moneyball, like, man, Moneyball at its finest. And yeah, but doing the franchise mode was just so fun, so fun to do. So yeah, it was. Definitely up there in my franchises and my favorite games of all time, too. Boom. I'll take it. Breaking the top 20. I'll take <laughs> that. That means I'm not crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people would agree if they were to talk their favorite Maddens, it's not going to be probably the past couple of years. Like, I know it's a rinse and repeat solution that doesn't change much. Uh, it really stopped once they put, I think, Brett Favre on the cover in like 2009 or something like that. Uh, it's been a long time. Since I've really enjoyed one, but this one. Yeah, so I mean, how are you going to put a guy without a Super Bowl ring on the on the cover? Doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry, what? Brett Favre has a Super Bowl ring? No. <laughs> That's a 1993 John Madden football. Love right it. There. Love <laughs> oh it. My God. When it was, is that when it wasn't even like full on 11 versus 11 or whatever? It was 11 versus 11, but this is when you had the squares for the wide receivers up on the top of the yeah, screen okay, with the buttons okay. allocated to them. So you couldn't see the whole screen, like you couldn't, you didn't see the whole field. You just saw where your quarterback and the and the you know, the line of scrimmage basically, and then you had the three boxes for the different wide receivers that you could throw to, and basically you just waited for that wide receiver to like throw his hand up, and then you knew he was open because that was the only way to know. <laughs> That's how it works in real life. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Okay, uh, number six for me, Adam. James Bond, 007, GoldenEye. <laughs> higher, higher Good. on the list for Drew. All right. Is it really? Well, Sweet. well I haven't talked about it yet. Sweet. So. Hey, love it. I love it. <laughs> love it. All right. Moving on to Sean. Number six. Modern Warfare 2. 
Oh, I I had to fight myself to not put it on my top ten because those were different versus you the chose, shit that comes out now. You chose two, <laughs> huh? Not and not uh, Modern Warfare, like Call of Duty. I 4. went forty and one on Skid Row in Modern Warfare two, and only yeah. died because my nuke killed me. That was yeah, the single well. greatest achievement of my entire. life. <laughs> <laughs> I will love that game. And I was, it was a running class. It was a knife and a pistol, and I went forty and fucking one. I'm telling you, right? <laughs> no assault rifles. I go shotgun pistol. Can't fuck with me in close quarters. <laughs> but no, I think. <laughs> that was that was really the birth of online gaming for me. I mean, I actually went out and bought a 40-inch high-definition TV so I could play this and truly experience it for what it was. Like, yeah, I was playing on a fucking CRT for my entire life, and I was like, you know what? I've got a goddamn Xbox 360. It's time I had a TV that matched it. So I saved up my money, I bought a TV, and I just fucking played all day with my friends and i was like dude this is what i've been missing like this is really really cool and i know there's other you know halo and shit like that never never liked halo modern warfare 2 was like a true introduction to just bullshitting with your friends online at night all night you know, you get together in your Xbox chat room and you just sit there and talk shit. You try and matchmake. You know, it, 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 I don't know. It was a different way for video games to be played to me because I had never really been into the whole multiplayer situation. And that, that game truly kind of opened my eyes to what is actually possible with hanging out with friends and playing games virtually. So that, that, Modern Warfare 2 is definitely my my top the number. Yeah. I <laughs> my top the, 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 in the blank number. <laughs> Edit that in. <laughs> so but no, I, I really enjoyed Modern Warfare, but I guys feel. So yeah, I completely agree with you. So I think, you know, I, I, for me it was a couple generations earlier. I think uh it was probably Battlefield Vietnam that was like my foray into online gaming. Let me see if I can run through it. It was Battlefield Vietnam, Battlefield 2142, if anyone remembers that game. Bad Company, um, Bad Company 2, and then obviously the Call of Duties that went along with it. So Call of Duty 4, and then I think there was World at War, which was the, the World War II one, and then Modern Warfare 2, right? So like those ones... that. That was such an era of gaming. Those, you know, that's probably a, a span of probably only like five years between all of those games. And it was just, that was like, I completely agree with you guys that that was, for, for me at least, it was the height of online first person shooters. Like ever since then, you know, it could just be I'm old, you know, cue the OK Boomer, that's fine. But nah, <laughs> OK Boomer. It's not old. Yeah, so it, it could be that, right? But you know, it ever since then, it just seems like it. It to me, it had been going downhill. You know, and I, I think where the fact that I am old has come into it. Like I didn't want to. I didn't feel like playing against thirteen-year-olds telling me I sucked anymore. Like you know, I just for some reason I just ended up getting out of. But uh, Modern Warfare Two, man, that was that was a great game. All of those modern warfares, bad company, bad company Two, like that era of those five, six years of games were just amazing. So right yep. on. Yep. 
completely agree. When this when Modern Warfare Two came out, uh, I was a senior in high school, so that was like the yeah, that was the uh, holy shit. All my friends do this. Mom, I need this fucking game because I played it at my friends and you don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) My parents were good about buying us games a lot for like Christmas birthdays. So like I never had to be like, are you shitting me, mom? Give me this game, mom. (laughs) But like, (laughs) uh, God, I have so many hours played my Warfare 2. I wrote down Black Ops. It stops there for me is where it stops. But I kind of link them together. They're two different games but the same idea where that online play just took off of a different style of play and completely agree with you guys i i had it written down and i got it out of my top 10 uh if we go to top 50 you guys will be hearing games we're talking about now but i absolutely loved it ouch so much fun (laughs) so if we go to a top we'll never talk about video games that existed that would definitely be on the list (laughs) it would be in my top it was definitely a video game (laughs) <laughs> top number of games it's on there <laughs> alright before we round this back to Sean for number 5 and go to our top 5 here we have to pay a little bit of bills so we're going to hit some commercials and we'll be right back with the winner is you on thechairshot.com sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for $90 more I can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just $300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month cancel anytime deal ends Friday May 10th see home club for details What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Now a word from my God, our sponsor. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. 
Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Just because Roman Reigns is back doesn't mean you get him on your Angry Lemonade commercials, Adam. Sorry. This is my yard now. <laughs> I was going to, you know. This I, is I'm my yard now. I'm going I'm to derail it for a second. Is that the first time that they did, like, the virtual fans? Or have they been doing that? They, so, like, they did it. Oh, they did it. Uh, SmackDown was the first time they did it. And then, and then they did then it on SummerSlam. Slam and then Raw, yeah. I gotcha. They're, uh, it's they, a good idea. They this is when they signed up for the new sooner. arena. Yeah, they went yeah. on. They moved over to Orlando Magic Arena and decided to do that. They got it till October, end of October. So we'll see. We'll see if they do anything with it other than what they've done. The answer is no. No. Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. Number five. Sean, bring us back. All right. So for my game, I chose one that is actually not story driven although there's enough lore that you can kind of find and read about like within the game to write novels on bloodborne oh <laughs> i loved bloodborne and i love the whole dark souls series as as a whole i've never been so close to absolutely shattering my tv as i have trying to play <laughs> these games um, Rom the Vacuous Spider, just, that's etched in my brain forever as the most difficult boss fight I've ever had just because of the sheer amount of bullshit that goes on in that fight with his, you know, 20 little minion people that just keep pouncing at you and you can't get close enough to attack him, but you can't keep backing away because they're just going to keep pushing you further from him. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about Dark Souls. Um, there's not much of a story unless you really want to learn the story and go hunt down all the little journals and novels and things like that. But um, just a beautifully done game that is incredibly frustrating. I mean, that, that's all I can say about it is it's the kind of game that you don't want to play because you know you're going to get pissed off, but you got to play it because... It's an orgasm when you finally get through the part you're trying to get through. It is just the most alleviating. Fuck you. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and I, I don't know. There was something kind of rewarding about the Dark Souls series. Um, and especially Bloodborne, I enjoyed the most. And I saw some head shakes. So, Adam, what do we not like about Bloodborne? <laughs> Uh, I didn't head shake to that. I head shake to the orgasm. You got me good. But no, I uh, <laughs> never played. I've never played Bloodborne. Uh, I've only kind of know of Dark Souls. Those are not games that I've played. Um, no head, no bad head shake for me. Just nothing. I've never actually played. Oh, I have never played it. No, you should give it a shot. I should, despite yeah, what I just said. <laughs> if, if you're telling me I'm going to get the old face of my lifetime at the end of playing this, I might play it. <laughs> There's a couple of bosses that once you finally kill them, <laughs> save, and you never have to think about them again. It's beautiful. Because the, th <laughs> the thing about the series is 
you collect souls as you go along, and if you die, you drop your souls where you've died. And if you can make it back to where you were, you can pick those bad boys up, nothing's lost. Or you could completely fuck it up and have 100,000 souls walk into a boss fight that's over in about two seconds and lose everything. Like, you go back in there to re-pick them up, and there are plenty of enemies that will one-swipe you. Like, if you're not if you're not careful, one hit, your entire fucking health is gone. And it's it's frustrating. It's yeah. really frustrating, but you, you have to kind of plan out exactly how far you think you can go before you need to go back and invest your souls. Once you do that, the entire level resets, and all the enemies are back. So it doesn't help you in a way. So that was kind of the cool thing about about Dark Souls is if you're you know adventurous and you really want to get in there and collect souls and whatnot and you die, you have to go venture out all the way get everything you gained and not die in the process because if you die before you get back to where you were, it's gone and if you decide to take what you have and invest it the entire thing resets and all your enemies are back and it's it's, it's a puzzle but it's also bullshit and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, listening to you describe it, though, that from what I've seen, because I've seen people play it on, like, just trying to get through levels, like, that is a challenge I've never really faced in a video game. Like, like there, it's the old-style arcade of, like, once you die, you die, you reset, right? But, like, that takes it to a whole nother level of strategy and thinking uh, that makes it a much bigger challenge. But, like you just said... The payoff when you actually beat the challenge, there's not much that matches that. Then, like it's worth it once you get there, if you ever get there. <laughs> I'm sure there's people that no. never have gotten there. <laughs> yeah, no. When I finally beat Bloodborne, I was like, I am a handful of a percent of people because there's no <laughs> fucking way anybody spent this much time on it. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of why it made it to my top ten. Was that was a truly challenging game, something that really you had to think your way through you had to be prepared to be frustrated you had to you know just grind because god forbid you take one wrong step and get one swiped by an enemy like it it was just blood curdlingly challenging and i enjoyed that about that game and and about the whole like dark souls series is it it's actually challenging it's not just you know go in there and do this, that, the other. Like, you, you really have to think about what you're about to do and whether or not it's worth it. And um, it's, it's one... I know I'm going on, but one kind of interesting thing about it is the entire map is open to you, like, the entire time. You can go wherever the hell you want to, but you don't want to. You want <laughs> to find the path that actually leads you to victory because... You can go face whatever boss you want at any time, but there ain't no way in hell you're beating them. So there's no guidance, there's no quest markers, there's no instructions. You've got this big, giant, open world, and they drop you into it, and you gotta figure out how to not fuck yourself, is basically kind of the, the lead-up to that. And so, yeah, I mean, I like playing Dark Souls 2, I went to the cemetery first, because I was like, yeah, we'll go downstairs. I I got killed I don't know how many times before I realized ah you don't go that way first let's try this other direction <laughs> and I progressed in the story just fine so I it, it's really cool in the fact that they don't 
hand feed you the story. They don't hand feed you where to go. They don't hand feed you weapons and upgrades and things like that. You you really do have to figure it out. And I I thought that was kind of a cool throwback to what old games used to do. You know, like Super Nintendo games, Nintendo games. Um, they're they didn't tell you exactly what was going on or what to do. You just kind of went through the motions and you're like, okay, this works. Cool. This doesn't work. Okay. I won't do that again. And that, that's what Bloodborne and the Dark Souls like series kind of reintroduced me to. And I, that, that, that's why it's so high on my list. I, I thought that was a, kind of a, a different approach to things that I hadn't seen since I had played old school games. I dig it. Okay. Number five for me, Portal 2. For a game that started off as a throw-in to the orange box as this, hey, look at this cool thing we kind of did, and became such a cult classic, and Portal you know, evolved into Portal 2 as a, as a full-fledged its own game, and as a game that really doesn't have gunfights or any it's all puzzle solving there's not a lot of enemy interaction necessarily driven just on puzzles this game is just one of my favorites to go back to and play over and over and over again it's one that the story is fun it it does engage you it, it you know you have this cool background of this you know kind of evil robotic thing that's going on in, in this uh was it Black Mesa? Um, you know, it's kind of built along the whole, you know, Half-Life story. If you if you know Half-Life, it's built into there. And, you know, and just they added these additional characters and built this whole story around GLaDOS and how you're stuck in this, you know, testing chambers and you're, you're technically, you know, in a sense you're being tested and you don't know why and you have to try and escape from the evil clutches of the robotic world. Uh, it's just so fun, and and in Portal Two, you know they they make it so entertaining, and they have these this little robot that follows you around, who's Wheatley, and you know voiced by I'm gonna get his name wrong, uh, Stephen Merchant, voiced by Stephen Merchant, and it's just he's just they make it so funny and entertaining, and having the bad guy, um you know, basically making fun of you and kind of calling you fat and out of shape and all this stuff, you know, as you go through all these different chambers and just solving the puzzles is just so much fun. And it's something you can do, you know, where it's just, you don't, it doesn't just have to be you, you know, it's technically one player, but you can, you know, sit with your other, you know, somebody else and help find, solve these puzzles and adding the elements of, you know, these different kind of, I don't know what they call them. Was it goo? I don't know what the, the you know, the, that had those different things where, you know, it would make you bounce or one was make you faster and you had to kind of figure out how to use them properly. And, uh, you know, just adding those elements and expanding upon what they did on the first one that was, you know, a shorter version and was just, oh God, I just love it so much. And, and no, and I love puzzle solving and things like that. And the fact that it was done in an entire game and still kept you engaged for however many hours it ended up being was insane. And just you know, get got higher on my list the more often I play it because it's so fun to go back to and play and, and work on the puzzles. You're muted. <laughs> sure was. I sure was. 
Uh, I, uh, I completely agree with Paul too, man. That's, that's a fantastic game. I think when you had first brought it up, I was like, man, I can't believe I had, I didn't even think of that for my top 10. I don't really know why. Um, but man, it's, that's just such an amazing game. I think you're absolutely right. Like the, just the, the fact that it's a, it's a puzzle game and that's it. It's a puzzle game. And you would think like, how is that going to, you know, keep my attention? How is that going to be that great of a game? But you soon realize, like, yeah, okay, it's a puzzle game, but it has an amazing story. It keeps you entertained. It it keeps you wanting to keep going and get to that next chamber and get to that next level. Uh, it's just a fantastic game, and especially when they introduce, like, those different goos like you were talking about. Like, I think that's probably, what would you say, maybe halfway through the game mm-hmm. when you get down to that basement and you start finding out all that th- all that stuff. And, like, yeah, it's like the first half of the game, if you had played Portal 1, you're like, okay, this is just kind of more of the same you know, yeah, it's, I've been, this is great. I wanted new levels, so this is fantastic. Um, but then you start getting involved with those different goos and the different things that you can shoot around. Like, man, that's, it just gets better and better. And I think at that point you have the potato GLaDOS as well. So yeah. it's, <laughs> it's just, exactly, it's just hilarious at the same time. Uh, you know, you have those, uh, the, that little figure you have, the little shooter turret thing. Oh, the turrets, they're yep. talk, turrets, they're talking to you. Uh, and then you have that one that's like the bad egg that is like, <laughs> it's just like making fun of everybody. And like, oh, it's just these, there's little things, right? It's just so hilarious. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm kind of ashamed that isn't on my top 10 because I, yeah, that, that is a truly entertaining game in more ways than one. Very good. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There it is. <laughs> Let's move. Let's move it right along. No problem. No problem. Number five, Adam. My number. My number five. <laughs> I'm paying attention. Clearly. Which uh, one? This is where I think was it you, Sean? Mario Kart 64. My man. Yep. Falls on my list at number five. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing good maths. Uh, so this is high up on my list. Um, this is one of those where I do think as they keep making Mario Karts, they find things to make new, more characters, more maps, more things, make them better with gameplay. But Mario Kart 64 to me is a different level because it's the first one. Like I fell in love with this game. Um, so I said I had a Super Nintendo, um, for playing Super Mario World a couple back and then. We also had a Nintendo 64, so we had both at the exact same time. So you could go back and forth as kids playing these different ones. And then you had a GameCube, and it was where you played all the different consoles. But uh, regardless, this was the one where all four of us, we would play, we'd rotate, we would do the Grand Prix, we would do the different battles, we'd do the... There's the thing with the coins, that might be, I'm thinking, the battle mode. but um, And just the different ways you could play that, and... I love playing as the eight different characters, rotating through them. I usually pick Mario. That's usually my choice for any of these Mario-based games. That's not Super Mario. Uh, yeah, uh, so, so you lost a lot then because you weren't Toad. No, I'm a winner. Winner picks Mario. <laughs> winner That's how it works you. in this house. <laughs> but I just loved it. It changed like uh, the way you can play, playing with others. Uh, I remember the Donkey Kong track i think it's the one where they throw shit at you if you drive in the grass that was funny as a kid uh so like there's things about it that i love playing uh the different modes and it has my favorite track 
of the Rainbow Road, which is the longest track in the series. Uh, two minutes-ish per lap, so six minutes total, uh, which is a long time considering some of those now you can get done in like two minutes. You can get like a full uh, three laps in, so it was good. Yeah, no, Rainbow Road was definitely the Nuremberg ring of the tracks that they had to offer, and yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like that, oh my god, it was so much fun to just sit down with four friends and laugh your ass off at how everybody got fucked over this way and that. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that, that was just the entertainment part of it. You just grief your friends and have some fun. So yeah, no, that that's why it was on the list for me. Um, it's it it was really kind of the first. Let's all head to our buddy's house and let's just have a, a night of fun and pizza and hey the mom is gonna make us you know lemonade and whatnot it's just like dude this is so cool like i want to <laughs> i want to just game for the rest of my life <laughs> like, hey, yeah, it was pizza the... rolls yes <laughs> <laughs> it was jeez. Oh, i completely agree it was definitely the start of like a multiplayer play with others game for me where you all play at the same time um which really started on that path, which links me all the way back to my Nightfire, which was the same thing why I liked it. But, yeah, just so much fun. Played so many hours in, in this game. All right. Drew, what you got for us? Number five. Number five. So you're going to be happy about this one. 007 Goldeneye. Woo. So, yeah, it's this is... Uh, this was... I can't believe that none of the other two of you guys. I mean, I know you had Adam. You had a 007 game on your list, but man, GoldenEye is where it started, as far as the the first person shooters go for me. Uh, it was N64, obviously, and uh, you know if you if you go back and play it today, <laughs> don't. <laughs> it's rough. It's really rough. I, it's but just, it's a diamond. It yeah well it's I don't know it's it's pretty rough like just just keep your nostalgia going like you know just think about how it was to play it because eesh, it's rough now but when you know when it was just out for me this was exactly like you I think we're talking about Adam where like you went and go played it at a friend's house and then immediately when you got home you're like mom mom we we need to get this game like that yeah. there's no question like i i'm sorry i know my birthday's not for six months or it was like two weeks ago but man like we need to get this game right now <laughs> and you know and after you know probably weeks of me pestering my parents they finally allowed me to get uh this game and man it was it's just an amazing game at for the time so sean no and and the the really interesting part about that was all the different like modes you could go through with playing with your friends like the you know the uh -huh. golden gun or this that the other like there were it wasn't just let's kill each other it's okay well here's some you know rules we can put on this mode and let's see what happens and yep. that that i think was really cool like you only die twice and of course duh that ties into the you know the novels themselves but i thought that was really cool was it wasn't just what it was at face value you could kind of sit there and tinker with it and make yeah. it more challenging make it more arcade style make it a little funnier you know big head mode shit like that like that that was really cool for me mm 
Yeah, it was one where we really got into the multiplayer. It was the, kind of the first one that I remember doing that with, and just the, the memories I have of that is one of the reasons it makes the list because, yeah, nowadays it's not quite the greatest game to go back and play, but at that time it was like I would play with my brother and his friends, and, you know, when I, I was you know too young to partake in what they were partaking in but you know that was so much fun to just sit there at you know my brother's friend's house he had a nice really big screen tv and we would sit and play this you know in you know and my i know my brother's friend would always be odd job because he was not very good at the game and that was the dick move is to play as odd job (laughs) but he still wasn't very good he wasn't good enough to get away with being odd job anyway so but learning those different, you know, all multiplayer levels and all the little secret rooms and secret passageways you could get through and playing that with, you know, my brother and his friends was always just such an entertaining time for me. And the fact that that, that was kind of the first one of, of getting into that multiplayer type of thing and having those options and just playing the game alone, just getting through the story and having a, a first person, like I said, Drew, the, the, a first person shooter and a you know, yeah. kind of the first one you you really got into, I think, and same thing for me. And I can still remember trying to get past that control center level, which I think was like the second last one, where you had to protect Natasha at the console, Natalia. but yet Natalia, uh, but yet all these fucking guys come from every goddamn place, and it was such a pain in the ass. So that was one of those, you know, you mentioned with Bloodborne or whatever. I mean, it's not to that level of difficulty necessarily, but like once you finally pass ah. that level, it's like thank fuck I am done with that one and I can move on because it was such a I don't pain know. in the ass. Protect she... protecting a dumbass Natalia NPC, man. That was I think that's Bloodborne <laughs> level hard. Man. Yeah, just, it, she... <laughs> it was not fair. And she had her butt out the whole time. So <laughs> as I did, I was hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. if you got too close to her, she would like bounce up and down. Like if you walked up to her, she would like bounce up and down. It almost looked like she was like humping you or something. I'm like, really? Like, why would they code that into this game? It's so weird. Because <laughs> why not? Why yeah. not? Because you can. Uh-huh. Something in me. I'm not sure what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, you about know you, what? but I'll my penis just went huh? at all. It's great. It's love it. I love the James Bond games. Knife Fire for me was just an update to that. But don't go back play the Nintendo sixty four version. Go and play Golden Eye Source through Steam. Yep. It's the they modded it through Valve's uh, Source Engine. It's all the maps, characters. It doesn't necessarily look perfect, but it's still. I I know it was still being actively developed, updated last year i'm sure it still is being uh give that a go because it is the classic game you remember but looking um significantly better like it's not go plug in your nintendo 64 and play it it's it fits the times a little bit better (laughs) i will second that it is it is like you remember it looking like if you go back and play the n64 version you're like, no, this is this isn't what. <laughs> yeah, like somebody's exactly. playing a trick. Like the that source version is how you remember it looking. So go and play that one. It's way better. <laughs> nice. All right, bring it back around, Drew. You got number four coming. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I shouldn't be surprised that this happens every single round. <laughs> so, uh, so number four for me is Mass Effect. 
going to go two, I oh, think. Oh, thank God. I was like, dude, please don't say three. <laughs> no, I, it, it's, uh, you know, I have two slash three because I think they were the same engine, I think. Um, and obviously three was the end of the trilogy. But yeah, I think, you know, there's there were plenty of issues with three where two was going to be it. And uh, one couldn't be it because of that freaking warthog type thing. With the, the oh god, what the hell was the name of it? Oh man, I'm not gonna think of it. Damn it. Uh, anyway, the the when you were exploring the different planets, the little vehicle that you go around in, and it just just was terrible. Um, but yeah, I think two Mass Effect two was it for me, and so this is definitely my the RPG entry on my list uh you know you could have gone a different couple ways a couple different ways with rpgs that were out there but this is this for me is the one uh, i was you know one of the first kind of rpgs that i had gotten into uh where y- your decisions actually mattered for the most part there were there was you know there there were certain things where they kind of forced you down a path but for the most part your decisions mattered like it it depended you know, which teammates were still with you at the end of the game and, you know, which whether you went uh, Paragon or Renegade, you know, good or bad, uh, kind of played into kind of how other people perceived you and the options you got. And, uh, you know, it's one of the first games that I played where like my decisions felt like they actually mattered as I was playing through the game. So I think it, it and plus the space theme, I really I really like kind of the sci fi aspect to it you know all these different aliens you got to meet <laughs> romance all these crazy aliens right and there's like all these yeah and it's just uh it's really 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 cool game and you know it, it saddens me that the the mass effect franchise has kind of gone down you know since andromeda i, I don't know if they're even thinking about making another one after that disaster um but yeah, I, it was it was a fantastic series. You know, the trilogy everyone can hate on three, but that was it was a good trilogy, uh, and you know I think people just didn't like the ending, really. But you know, it's it would be like I, I don't know. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I think it's like saying you don't like all of Game of Thrones because the last uh, season was not up to your expectations. So I would say it didn't ruin it, but it made me not want to revisit it. Yeah. That's okay. what it is. I'm not going to go rewatch it. it. The payoffs were not there uh, for all the effort you put or all the time you spent watching. It. <laughs> is, is this Game of Thrones or Mass Effect? <laughs> Both. Not Mass but... Effect. I didn't even play it. Game of Thrones, <laughs> I could talk all day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, the ending wasn't bad. It, it, I just, it didn't satisfy me the way I was hoping it would. You know, like a, like a, I don't know, a dirt cheap hooker or something like that. It was just, eh, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> I, think, you know, I think the problem was is like in every decision in that game, you could pick basically two options: it was either good or bad, right? And sometimes there was some middle of the road. Um, and I think people got upset that the final decision in the game was the same way. Like I thought, I think people thought that based on their decisions throughout the game, it would push them down one path or the other. Uh, but really, at the end of the game, it didn't really matter. Like based on, you, you could make a final decision right at the end of the game. Um, that was depending on your interpretation, good, bad, or, or indifferent. And I think none of the endings actually satisfied anybody. I think that none of them were at a place where they were like, "Yes, this is what I want to do." 
Um, and then at the very ending, they obviously teased towards the potential for another game. I think they were teasing towards Andromeda being in a new galaxy, but it then that fell through. So I feel like you just had a couple bad things in a row there that really the the ending of three was bad, and then uh, Andromeda was bad. But in the in the in the heyday of Mass Effect, these games were fantastic. So they're number four on my list. All right, Adam, hit me with your number four. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because you know the what Drew's saying that this is like his RP that was his RPG. Uh, get ready because that's like the rest of my list uh, is RPGs. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I won't get. I'll try not to get too crazy. This one got there's potential for triggers. Uh, I will keep it good. Um is uh most people know it as kotor it is star wars knights of the old republic and i knew none of you had it see like i know uh so for me um i got crazy into star wars we've done it a couple times now on this podcast talking star wars but um i didn't get into star wars until i was taken to revenge of the sith for a birthday party i don't know if i've said that in this podcast before or not but i hadn't seen any movies until i saw that in a movie theater so that one holds special for me because it's the first one i ever saw um this video game i played before that so i had no idea what star wars was i didn't have an xbox uh my sister's friend's dad said could tell my brother and i were bored at some party probably for a softball team thing when they're all like t-ballers and said hey i got my xbox set up go play this game and let his let us just play his and that's what started it for me and it's because you could make all these choices i've never played a game like that uh it was so he let us borrow his xbox and this game and have it for weeks before giving it back to be like let us play it so I've gone through and played this game probably second most out of any game. Another game will come up later that I played most out of any game. But um, all the choices you can make, you could be light side, dark side, different things that are Star Wars related with lightsabers, the force power. Um, your choices actually affected the game. You know, it was fun to do. I'm going to do this character all dark side choices. I'm going to do this character all light side choices. My first time through in the early 2000s was all light side choices like oh i gotta i gotta make the right choice you know because i'm 11 or 12 years old or whatever it is and then i didn't know what star wars even was and this was just all cool shit to me and then you know i saw revenge of the sith that all kind of starts clicking this is a thing and then started my nerd nerdum i'm gonna make up a word there my nerdum for star wars uh this game started it i i have it on steam now it's actively downloaded I had the remaster, like the re, it's not a remaster, but they published on Xbox One, have it on there. Like, I constantly buy this, play this game. I go back to it. I love it. Uh, One of my favorite games. That's all I got. I know you guys aren't going to talk Star Wars. There you go. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Number four for me WWF No Mercy for the Nintendo 64. That was a good one. In my you're, not, you're not wrong. You? You're I not. had it written down. <laughs> that is the last, the last good wrestling game ever created. I'll tell you that, oh, honestly. <laughs> uh, just the amount of 
time I put into this game, and as you guys know, I am a huge wrestling fan, and that was just the pinnacle when me and my buddy could go and play this game. It was like, I mean, this the, the gameplay, the style, the way they did it was just beautifully done. It was simulation, but ar- but archaic, you know, the way they did the game. Um, and the fact that you could create your own characters and you could give them every single possible move you wanted. You could cre- down to every, just to the little details. You could do everything. And there were so many choices to pick from. You could create, you know, the different, you had all sorts of different faces and body types you could use, the clothing you could set up. And the amount of characters they already had in the game was amazing. But the fact that you could basically create any other guy you wanted in there was so cool. And the engine that they had was so well done. And they, the fact that prior to that, they had also released a WCW game, and that was where it started. That all of those move sets and all of those like the like you could create like their taunts and stuff like that, their different you know celebrations and stuff like that. So everything from that game was in there too. So you could create all the guys from the previous games in there as well, which was really cool, and that you could save them. And you had your in your memory card in your memory pack. You could save all those characters, so you could make just an infinite amount of characters if you wanted to. And it was that was what was so fun is the hours spent again creating guys rather than just actually playing the game, as we talked about with another game that Super Mega Baseball. The you know the amount of time you can just do in creating these characters and putting all the moves in there was so fun. They had a bit of a storyline that you could go through and, and things like that where you could create your own character. And go through this, you know, little storyline, but just just the gameplay itself, and being able to go through all these matches, you could do ladder matches and, and the Royal Rumbles and Fatal Four Ways and all that stuff it was stuff you couldn't do before, and this was all brand new in the world. It was like holy shit, like the immersiveness of this game that you could play, and you know, with all your favorite wrestlers was just unbelievable, and just came so far from what it used to be, and something they just haven't matched today and it's you know nowadays it's a lot more arcadey type of games they didn't have this more simulated versions if you want to get close to it go play fire pro wrestling because that one is actually really really good and is the gameplay is really close to that Uh, but for me this one is just i light years ahead and better than any other wrestling game i played Absolutely agree. I had it written down, and I didn't break my top ten. Uh, another game you just play with three other people and do royal rumbles and battle royals, and you get the foreign objects in there. Yes. Uh, it was Attitude Era in the video game. I said it in a different episode of the podcast where I was just like, we couldn't. We were like, you can customize everybody. Let's go see what Kane looks like. Like, and <laughs> go take his mask off, and it, it's just it's like the dark face because he's supposed to be burned or whatever like like that was just like blowing our minds as kids like oh my god that's what he actually looks like yeah yeah <laughs> was that the one that was like a yellow cartridge or a red one which, which game was that uh, i don't think this one was no, this yellow one was a black cartridge because right I, right I remember a wrestling game that had like a differently colored cartridge to it yeah i remember the black one yep that okay was this one uh, am i thinking it's 
Fuck. yellow. Smackdown sure. 2000. I I don't remember what the hell it was, but there there was a wrestling game that came like in a different like a yellow cartridge that I, I don't feverishly remember mm. playing a lot. Don't recall this, it, but I uh, for me, what I'll add to what everything Dan said, for me, this was also the, like, one video game that my, this was the one video game that my dad would play with us. He did not play video games, but he was a huge wrestling fan. That's what got us all into wrestling. Every pay-per-view, every Monday Night Raw, we were WWE, well, WWF uh, family, um, one, this was the one game he would play with us. So, like, I remember this because of that. Like, no other game would he tolerate but this one. <laughs> uh, okay, Sean, bringing us back around. You got four and three. Oh, boy. Um, Oblivion. I thoroughly enjoy because i played morrowind um but oblivion seemed to be much more of an approachable game because morrowind was very much yeah i heard this guy is you know somewhere off in the east go get him and you would have to kind of literally build up a roadmap of clues to go find him so it was kind of the there weren't as many quest markers where oblivion did kind of give that to you but the concept of that open world was just mind blowing to me. Like that, that was beyond anything I had ever played. The immersion that was there, the customization, you know, the choices you could make. Um, Oblivion just like really rocked my world as far as RPGs went because I'd never really been into them. And fuck me if I didn't put in 150 hours on that. Like it, I could not put Oblivion down. Um, so that was, I, I guess that goes up on my list that far because it kind of introduced me to a new genre that I, I really hadn't considered something I enjoy playing and I just loved it. And that, you know, obviously led to fallout and all the other games that Bethesda puts out. So that, that was kind of my introduction to, you know what? It might not be a bad idea to go ahead and just spend 12 hours sitting in front of your TV because, hey, this is actually a lot of fun. Yes. Absolutely agree. <laughs> All right. Number three. I bring it right back. <clears throat> Resident Evil 4. And not because it's horror and not because it's Resident Evil and I like jerking off, you know, Capcom and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I joked that you were going to have eight Resident Evil games. <laughs> no, 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 no. I included one. And the one that I loved the most was part four. Um, the third person over the shoulder, the sort of the way they did their inventory uh, the story, the enemies, um, I mean, that was groundbreaking for me. Like, that, that, like, I, I hadn't played a Resident Evil like that because it didn't exist. It was always the locked cameras, you know, you're kind of trying to point and assuming that you're looking at the right spot. Um, you know, the levels were kind of limited to, okay, you're in a hospital, or, okay, you're in a police station, or, okay, you're here. 
And Resident Evil gave like an open world feel to it. I mean, I know it wasn't truly open world, um, but running into enemies like the guy with the chainsaw, one hit kills, um, running into, you know, the villagers, and then you find out about the cultists and eventually you run to the regenerating guys in the basement of that laboratory and, and by god like i i was totally freaked the fuck out the entire time i played it like it, it's just it's really entertaining and it's not unapproachably hard like some of the other games are out there and um yeah i mean just resident evil 4 was kind of a genre changing you know game in that series like they they definitely took a different direction and then they fucked it up with five and then they horribly fucked it up with six um but resident evil 4 was like a truly outstanding game as far as my top 10 like i i've i re-downloaded it and played it again like six months ago just i don't know i can always play that game and it's always fun and it's Again, I'm not going to mention Biohazard or anything else. So that that's the only resident. <laughs> that one was the game-changing one that I enjoyed the most. That's okay. awesome. All right. Let's see how this one goes over. Number three for me, Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. Moving on, then. Somebody's got it higher. Adam... What's your number three? I'm I'm very glad you say the numbers because I'd be lost. I'd be like, How many, <laughs> what are we on? <laughs> the next one you haven't talked about yet. Yeah, yeah. Next uh, one, the one that's above the ones you crossed off. The viewers aren't going to see this, but you won't be able to see it either because of the lightness. But it is madness on this screen right now <laughs> with colors and highlights and numbers and oh, twenty other games I have listed that aren't actually in the top ten. Uh, back to the point. Number three. Another RPG. Um, this one for me is Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Um, so I made sure nobody had it. Yep. I didn't think so. Nobody. Uh, nobody. This came out. I got it. Um, so I know I just mentioned KOTOR kind of got me into like the RPG kind of games. Um, this was the first one, and that's what kind of started my into Star Wars. This was the next game I could think of that it came out uh, end of 2010. We got it. My brother wanted it for Christmas, um, and I ended up buying a second copy for college so that I could have it myself as well because usually I just played all the time, and they watched me because we'd share our Xbox 360. I'm the oldest. It's my rules, right? So <laughs> it's, uh, Sounds like you shared it. yeah. Yeah, no, you watch me play. <laughs> so the the uh, I had no idea what it was. I'm like, what the hell does my brother want? And I watched him play, and I was addicted. I hadn't seen something like this. I wasn't. I didn't even know of the other Fallout's. Um, this changed that for me, where I was like, I love this. I love the missions. I love the all the different uh, kind of weapons and everything. You kind of armor. You kind of go through all this stuff and like just exploring what is an open world and doing what you want, but you still stick to a mission. Uh, essentially, there's different options of the story. I had so many save points. We mentioned this last time or the time before, I don't remember, but where I could make the other choice and take that other story path, like all the things I could do in this game. And I 
I put so many hours playing just this. I think of literally being in my dorm room up till like 3, 4 a.m. playing this game and being like, yeah, I don't need to go to class. I don't give a shit. I'm playing this video game. Um, absolutely love it. I think about going back and playing it. I just haven't been a fan of the new one since. Uh, it's not like this one for me. I just love this game. Well, they kind of neutered the dialogue in the new ones. I mean, you used to have fully fleshed out text of exactly yes. what you were going to say, and then they turned it into, yeah, I agree, or no, fuck you. And it's like, yeah. okay, there's there's, okay. there's, there's yeah. a little more nuance than that. Now you fight. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> uh, and and th- you can get mods that take care of that, right? That's, but I, I shouldn't be necessary. I like, completely I, agree. Yeah. I agree, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to defend like Fallout Four, because, you know. But I think the the saving grace for things like that is the modding community and the ability yeah. to to put those in. Like I, Fallout Four was very close to being on my list, but it just didn't quite make it. But um, and and part of it was because of all of the freaking mods that I was able to put in there to make that game just basically be what I want. Like remove all of that building, remove the the building limits so you could just go to town yep. and have like sanctuary like i had shit all over that place like <laughs> so uh but anyway good pick with new vegas i think that was you yeah know, I, I think we talked about that uh last week or two weeks ago whether that was something that we should go back on and it's it's definitely on the list of something to take a look at so yes completely agree all right Drew, well give us your number three all right number three Half-Life, Alex. Oh, wow. Well, there's some prohibitive reasons I can't play that. I I knew you would put it on there. I had a feeling. I'll tell you, you, on my my top 50 when we did that, it was right kind of after playing Half-Life, Alex, and I put it up at number 36 on my list. Um, Okay. You know, just because I think it deserved to be in the top 50. I wasn't sure how high it would end up getting at some point, but so I think for me at this point, I am comfortable with this and being in my top three, uh, you know, Alex, it's, it's just, we've talked about it, so I don't need to belabor the point. Uh, but it's such a transformative game. It's the very first VR game that I feel has been a fully fledged out, fully like immersive VR experience. Uh, you know, it's a game where immediately after I finished it, I couldn't wait to play it again. And almost no games fit that category for me. Like every, like even Breath of the Wild, which I just talked about, you know, a couple of rounds ago, like that one, I've played it once through and I've been struggling to play it again because there's so much to do. And, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. But this game, Alex, man, it is like, I couldn't wait to play it again as soon as I finished it. So I think that's that's all I need to say about it. Yeah, and, and we did talk about it a little more at length on our VR episode. So I just, yeah, I added in, like, it's just, it definitely moved right immediately into my top list. You know, and I don't know the more I play it if it gets, you know, higher or not. But it was such a innovative and, like you said, it, it really, one that can change the culture of VR because of everything they added in there. And, and everything that you could do was like, wow, like, this is what we could end up with when it comes to virtual reality type games. If this is just the beginning of what people are touching on is like, Holy shit. Like they could do so much awesome stuff. And 
like just the 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 battles and the the fights levels where you you know you get the uh, now I'm drawing a blank on their names. I just had them. What's the the co- not the covenant? What's the uh, <laughs> the combine? The combine. Jesus, the combine. <laughs> when you get into like these battle, like okay, now this section is like boom, you're fighting fighting the combine, and it's like man, you you know you got to move over and like duck behind something and you know grab that clip out of the backpack, and you can and you reload your gun and you pop back up and start firing and you can you know you toss grenades and the you know like just yeah that whole ability and all of that is just so crazy good and it's so fun to play yeah i agree with you i i can't argue where you put it on your list well you um, can and you can bring it right back around yeah, if you want i can keep going <laughs> so uh for number two grand theft auto five so who else had grant didn't somebody else have grand theft auto five okay that's my number so three we've all yeah, we yeah. all have Grand Theft Auto on here. So I will, like, I will, just different ones. yeah, I'll preface it by saying Grand Theft Auto, the next iteration will probably always be in my top three. Like, that's why I put number yeah. five on there because it's just now it's number five. Next, when number six comes out or whatever the next one comes out, it's going to be that one for me. It's just, yeah, that's what it's, that's the way I, I, I put it on my list. Yeah, I, it, same, I think, same. It's, you know, I, I had two grandfather. Grand Theft Auto's on my list, right? Grand Theft Auto 3 was my number 9. So, it, this this game is, as much as I love to rag on it, and as much as I love to just bitch about the fact that it's been around for 10 freaking years, well, whatever it is, but it's been around for three generations of consoles, that it's just, it's so obnoxious. But there's a reason it has that longevity, right? There's a reason that people will buy the game three times and buy shark cards and all this shit. Like there's a reason that's the case, and it's again spoiler alert. It's not because it's a bad game, right? Like it's it's a fantastic game. Like if all you do is play the story, you're already getting way more money's worth than than you spent on just the, you know the sixty dollars to buy that game, right? It's an amazing story to have those three characters, and you're getting fully developed, you know, fully enveloped into those lives, and fully just just can't wait to see the next crazy thing that trevor does right like so like the story alone is is enough of a game on itself but then you add the online element um you add for me i i got involved in in a role-playing uh group for grand theft auto it was called um uh, department of justice so it was a uh police you know police and robbers type of uh role-playing game it it was it was a community so it was a completely modded grand theft auto 5 um but for me that was just it was it was awesome it was you know you just got on and you you kind of role-played cops and robbers and it was fun you know you went and chased guys around and you know i think uh you know it's it's just just it was just a really cool thing to do in a video game uh and the fact that that game exists and and allows that to happen uh puts it this high end of my list yeah, for me, it's it's yeah the whole story. Like anytime these come out, is just it's an amazing game, and it it just it gets better and better as they increase the you know the map and you know the potential things you can do. Like you know you mentioned Grand Theft Auto Three earlier. It was like man, trying to fly the plane, you know, figuring out that you <laughs> could actually fly it if you do it right. Uh-huh. Like was like wow, that's like so cool. And now it's like you're flying. You could fly Lear jets and fucking fighter planes and like remembering from i think it was four when you fly over you know a city that you haven't unlocked yet and missiles come flying at you because you're not it's like mm-hmm. man like yep. that's so that's just fucking crazy and like it just every 
Grand Theft Auto gets better and better. The stories are always great in the single player version. And then, yeah, I think yeah. just with the, the expansion of online, you know, this game stays alive even longer and you can do so much more and, and adding those extra kind of downloads and the offshoot, uh, I can't remember what the Vegas one is called where they do the casino heist or whatever I think, right. was one of the yep. like expansion mm-hmm. type of games you could play. And like, yeah, you can just thing. do so much with this thing. And it's like, man, it's just so fun yeah. to be able to play and I can never get enough. And anytime, like I said, anytime the next Grand Theft Auto comes out, it's going to, it's going to replace this one on the list. Cause it's just, to me, it gets better and better, uh, you know, every time they release one. Yeah. And adding to what you're saying if it's not, people will go back to you just lost it because everyone's going to go back to this Grand Theft Auto Five because it has everything. Like they, that's why it's going to take them fifteen years to make the next one it's because right. they're like, "Oh shit, we got to make it better than this one that people still play." So like, that's just good in itself because you're going to keep getting a better, hopefully, keep getting a better uh, product and that has the same longevity. I hope you guys are right though. Like it should be in a top ten easily. I just made the choice. I was like, I got to pick one. Everybody's picking five. I'm going different. (laughs) Going rogue. I'm going rogue. I'm going rogue. Okay. Adam, you got uh, number two. Number two. Drop a deuce on everybody. I'm going to be deucing on everyone. It is another RPG game. It is very close to what Sean said. I was ready to raise my hand. It is not Oblivion. It is Skyrim. Yeah. And it's because I, it's kind of almost like what I just said with Fallout. I didn't even know of these games. I got so addicted to Fallout that when I saw Skyrim was coming out, I was like, I have to play that because it's the same everything. And I'm like, but it's not the Fallout. It's, you know, how it takes things way back. And when I started playing Skyrim, I couldn't stop. Uh, I still go back and play it on my PlayStation. I said I mentioned it probably briefly of whenever episode or Fargo, where it's like that is the one game where after a couple months of not playing, I will go back. I will do completely brand new, try to do some kind of character I never done, and could put in forty plus hours. If I don't finish a story, doesn't matter. I have already. I do whatever I want, and then not play it. Come back repeat or pick up whatever one i have save file and just pick up and play and try to you know the controls aren't crazy i can pretty much figure it out pretty soon but all the things you could do the open world all the different places absolutely love it the way it looks like i wish i had it on pc to get the full greatness of how it could look i still enjoy it on how it looks on playstation um but it is the game i have put the most hours into by far uh probably double, triple the amount of any other game. Uh, it was hard to put it in the number two spot, and that's kind of how I'll put it, is that I just absolutely love going back to playing this game, and it still hangs in with any other game I play. All right. Well, uh, number two for me, and since I already know what Drew's number one is, I know this isn't his. But it is another Legend of Zelda game, <laughs> and it is A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. Wow. Uh, recently also came out for Switch as well, um, a version of it on the Super Nintendo. Uh, download if you, if you get that. Uh, I mean, this one, literally until just recently, has been my number one number one 
for years, decades. It is just my all-time Legend of Zelda game, all-time favorite game to play. It's still, it's prior to the N64 when they went to the more 3D version. This was still that top-down version of a, of the games of Legend of Zelda. But just, I, I absolutely love this one for the, the way the story was built, the way they you know had Ganon in there, but yet uh, added in uh, kind of a more another villain as well um, that you see in, in the future ones as well. Uh, I'm not going to remember his name because it's weird pronunciation, but... Um, you know, the stuff that they added into this thing with, you know, adding the flute and being able to warp to different places, you know, the puzzles that are in there, the same type of, you know, they had added in this overworld and underworld type of thing where you go into this other, you know, you go into another world where you have, you know, more bosses to go through, more dungeons to play. You know, you start with getting these you know, the three kind of elements and then you have to go into this under dark world basically and you can kind of flip back and forth and as you do certain things the other world may change you know to different things or you know you have to like kind of know where you're going in this one spot and then change into the other world to get up to another level of different things and like just the whole way they built this and all you know adding in all these new weapons that you could do other than just like the boomerang and like fire rods and things like that, like adding in the hook shot and, uh, you know, you had the classics, you had the bombs and, and the boomerang, but, you know, adding in, you know, they, well, they had the arrows, bow and arrows, but like hook shots and I'm not gonna remember all the, all of them, but there was so many, you know, you know, the magic cape that you could get, um, to make yourself invisible for a short period of time. And everything like that was just all this stuff. And, and like almost to the same way, like you didn't need to get everything to finish the game. Like, you had to get through the, the dungeons, but there was all these different little things that you could go get, like your heart containers and your magic bottles to keep, you know, life and, you know, fairies in and stuff. You didn't need to go do all that stuff. You, you could you could skip it if you wanted to, or you could miss it even. But And that's one that was a really big, you know, speedrun game, too. Like, I remember the way I played it so damn much, like, I could, you know, it felt like I could beat that game in an hour. You know, like, it probably took me a day, but, like, it was, which was probably still fast, but like I could beat it so quickly because it was just, and it, because I knew where everything was, but it's just so fun to go back and play this game anytime you want because it's just, it's so easy to play, you know, and the story is very, it's very smooth, and it's one of those that you can just pick up and play anytime and really enjoy it. That's it. That's it for me. Sean? Number two. What number are we on? Number two. See, that, that math doesn't add up because I have ten things here and I've talked about nine of them. That doesn't sound right. Mario that. Kart, Metal Gear Solid, San Andreas, Last of Us, God you of skipped, War. I think you skipped San Andreas. Yeah. We, you skipped San Andreas. Yeah, because I have it highlighted weight and I'm like, is that in your like top game? Oh, okay, so <laughs> way back when. Yeah, San Andreas. <laughs> I was for you guys Moving to talk on. About that as well. Uh, I, I thought I thought we had the same uh, game. My apologies. So, yeah, San Andreas is cool. Way back in the list. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys can talk about it. I'd say you talk about San Andreas. So that's number what seven for you. Yes. So <laughs> I was like, 
What the hell am I missing? I checked everything off except that one and didn't realize. I, I I thought maybe you guys talked about it and I just like completely was not paying attention or something. Well, you there's know, been a couple Grand Theft and... Autos, so it, it, it I didn't even pay attention that well, you missed it. one. <laughs> okay, so I enjoyed San Andreas. Obviously, if you go back and play it, the graphics are horrible, like yeah. just ridiculously bad. Um, but again hanging out on Grove Street with your homies, rolling up, overtaking different gang territories. Like, it, it, it was such a, a different game to play. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the spin as far as, you know, the, the GTA take on it. It, it. it was just a lot of fun, except for catching the train. That, that train oh, go my God. Right? Um, <laughs> but I, I, I enjoyed that thoroughly. But, I mean, there's, uh, there's not much to expand on that since we've talked about superior GTA games <laughs> at this point. I'd say exactly. The only That's thing I point. didn't like about that one was that you had to keep yourself in shape or whatever. I was I wasn't necessarily I wasn't a big that. fan of there that. Was yeah. Wait, that was yeah. when they still there had cheat codes. codes. You could yeah. just buff your ass up and yeah. go wallop a guy in the street, no problem. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I didn't mind that part of it though. Like I, it made me realize there's other stupid things you could do in a video game versus just the mission, or it's like. Go work out to stay buff. <laughs> I'm not. A, I didn't want to have to make sure I drive through Paunchburger and and pick up food or you know whatever because it just I don't know just adding that or like making sure I like ride my bicycle you know to the next yeah. thing because I wanted to make sure my stamina was good or my you know I lost the weight or whatever. But that's know. realism. It's like if Need for Speed Underground threw in gas stations, I'd be I'm like, not... well, I guess I got to make a stop before I go. <laughs> I'm not playing Grand Theft Auto for realism. <laughs> Yeah, I am. It's The Sims with guns and hookers. Grand Theft Auto, stuck in traffic. (laughs) And and, damn it, move! (laughs) Hopefully they don't do it in Los Angeles next time. (laughs) I don't think there's much more to add to it. I loved it. Uh, I played it after Vice City. We broke Vice City because we used too many cheat codes. I... Uh only used cheat codes once in San Andreas and it was to beat that damn train mission because uh, that was the most bullshit I've ever had to deal with mm-hmm. in a mission. And so uh, I just love the different take on it. Um, it has literally my most, like my favorite meme uh, of all time. One of my favorite gift response of, oh shit, here we go again. That's my favorite. <laughs> I love that one. It reminds, like I think of that scene because of that, like, Loved this game. Uh, I just liked how you could hijack the train and get it fast enough that it would derail. I was like, this is badass. It's so realistic. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't you come back with what's number one on your list? (laughs) I will give you three guesses. Mm. Well, you had the Witcher up there, right? Witcher? Yeah. The Witcher 3. Yeah. Yeah, by far, favorite game, favorite story, favorite characters, most, you know, compelling reason to come home at the end of a long-ass day as a graduate student and still sit down and put in hours on this fucking thing. Um, and not to mention, it's it's not just the game. Like, the CD Projekt Red is an incredible company. The amount of feedback they take from their consumers, the amount of, you know, content that they release for free, um, just, it's kind of a -a one-of-a-kind game for me. I mean, I'll I'll sum it up because I know we're getting a little bit late in the night. Um, 
but I have never played a game where I actually sat there and had to kind of really think about what choices I wanted to make. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't make it a difference in the world, you know, for for me, but just trying to be the character that I think Geralt would have been for his character is it's weird. Like it, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just super enjoyed that story. Um, the gameplay was awesome. The variety of enemies you faced was incredible. The beasts you would have to take up on bounties and, you know, you end up kicking their ass and they're down on the ground. They're about to die. And they're just like, no, like, I, I just need this and I can be human again. And it's like, uh, well, do you want to kill them or do you want to try and help them? And you try and help them. And it turns out that they're, I don't know, a fucking serial killer. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, the good decisions I was trying to make are worse. And there's plenty of inflection points in there where it doesn't matter what you pick. It's going to be tragic no matter what. And I, I really enjoyed that variety of storytelling where it's like, you can try and be as good as you want, but in the end, humans are humans, and shit's going to go awry no matter what you try to do. And so playing it again, um, you know, second time, third time, you try to make these decisions, and ultimately it's like, you know what, sometimes things are just fucked, and you can't save everybody. And I, I don't know, I, I just really enjoy the the human aspect of of some of those decisions you make with The Witcher. And not to men, you know, mention the graphics and the fucking soundtrack to go with it is amazing. Um, I mean, I could go on and on all day about it, but my number one game of all time is absolutely The Witcher 3. Uh, and like I said, not just because of the gameplay and the music, but the company itself is amazing. Uh, for what they offer the consumer, you know, there's they they don't rip you off or try to you know just get your money for no reason. They want to deliver a quality product, a quality product, which is why I'm extremely excited to say the least about Cyberpunk. Like I, I really want to see their next step forward. Yep. You know the you know the worst decision ever in Witcher is the prompt put baby in oven. <laughs> Oh, yes, when you're trying to exercise like that little fucking demon kid from uh-huh. the basement of that house. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was that was the most fucked up thing I think I've ever. If, if you haven't played it, it just it, it literally is you're holding a baby and the prompt is put baby in oven. And it's not what you think. <laughs> like that's the point. Like it it's God, they just have a way with kind of fucking with your decision making, even though you're making the right decision. It's kind of like, well, that doesn't sound good on paper. Yeah. So there you go. Awesome. But yeah, that that's my number one. I, I, as Drew said, I will not belabor the point. Um, if you haven't played it, play it. For God fucking sake, play it. It is so yep. good. And onwards and number one for me red dead redemption 2 oh man sticking with rockstar thumbs down i mean rockstar doesn't make a bad game i mean grand theft autos as well and even back in the midnight club games i absolutely love too but red dead redemption 2 for me again i could i could play through this game over and over and over again I mean, it's it's Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West for the most part, 
you know so if you're if you're a fan of grand theft auto in that style you're gonna love this game i think too even though apparently sean doesn't but okay let me role play real quick my <laughs> oh, name geez. is Dutch. we can get it done if we just do this one more job every fucking time he's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong <laughs> all right all right and then we're set then we're free yeah that's that's the beauty of the whole thing right is you th- you're just waiting for it to finally be over and finally finally getting to 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 stop being chased by the pinkertons or anything like that but like playing as arthur morgan was just absolutely beautiful and going through the story and all the different you know side quests that pop up you know and little random things that you could do with helping people or or same thing like you could just shoot them and be a bad guy or you can help them and you know, get get praised or whatever, but like just the whole. Again, we talk about the love of a good story. I think this this story is just amazing, and like what what was, I think made it great, even better for me is I never played Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption One. I, I somehow I got that one kind of got lost for me, and I didn't play it, and so I didn't necessarily know how this one was going to end. I just knew that John Marston is the protagonist in in the first one. So when you, you he's in this story, obviously, and it's because this is a prequel, and it was like, okay, well, I know he's going to live, but going through this whole thing and just enjoying the story and watching your character evolve and, you know, the eventual turn into the tuberculosis that he, that he comes, comes across and dies from, but that whole uh-huh. just buildup of everything is, like, so cool, and then, like, how the you know the camp starts to turn, like I said, Dutch and, and Micah start to become, like, guys like you don't like them anymore and it's like you start to have this 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 breakup of this group and it's like you just want to see dutch get his fucking ass kicked and it's like i'm just waiting for the conclusion of this game where i finally get to shoot dutch and get his comeuppance and like god damn it he deserves his shit and it doesn't like it gets away like you don't kill him because it's that's part of the other story in the first one i'm like what the fuck i got so goddamn mad because i wanted that to happen and like just that whole continuation of, of the story of, of Arthur is just so cool and how it kind of transforms into John at the end and like the heartbreaking moments of some of these parts, especially at the end when like you've had this, you've done this, all this stuff, you know, you're starting to die from this disease and then your horse and everything that you've had this whole time just dies on you, falls, falls, that falls and dies. And it's like, Oh my God. It's like, you actually felt something like just felt tragic, like oh fuck, this no, this is not cool. And then your guy, you know, then you know Arthur finally succumbing to the disease is like oh fuck, man. And it's like it's such a good story that really sucks you in, and you just want to keep playing it to see what's going to happen next. And even now, I'm going through it again just to go through all the different storyline parts and do all these different things because there's so much in there. Like, like you said, with these other ones, you can go do all this other stuff without actually going through the actual story. It just makes it that much better. And, and obviously, you know, Rockstar is known for that. So it's just, yeah, this one, after getting through the story, finally took down Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. It's my number one. So it's going to be hard to beat. It's going to be hard to beat. And you get positive karma for killing clansmen. So, I mean, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. <laughs> that is true. All right, Adam. Hit me with your number one. Numero uno. Uh, I'm going to start by saying 
I don't think it's the best game ever made by any means. Uh, I looked at this as what is the game I put the <laughs> most effort. Uh, I, it's a half and half. I Googled because I wasn't sure. <laughs> it might be RPG, kind of. Uh, I looked at it as this is the game I put in the most effort. I did not feel like it was work. I enjoyed it more than any game I've ever played. Uh, and for me, it was Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, it was easy for me not to put all three together. Uh, I do think the franchise as a whole, the three are good. Uh, personally, the first one, Arkham Asylum, was my favorite. Um, and as I mentioned, probably the first or second podcast, this is the one of the only games, I'm pretty sure might be the only game, that I 100%ed with the achievements in Xbox 360, I got every single one of those 250-some-odd, I think it's 250, Riddler trophies. I did every side thing you could do um, because I just loved playing as Batman. And it was as simple as that for me. Um, getting to be inside Arkham, you're trapped essentially in there. You're basically fighting your way out. And the I love the stealth aspect. I love the... Um, detective part of it, being a detective, you don't have to go and fight, jump into the crowd and fight everybody because that's not the easy way to get through the game. It's uh, probably more challenging to do it that way. It's you unlock all your cool gadgets as you go. How can you use those to do the best things or do the most fun things and playing through all different ways I could have done that game. And then the rogue gallery, which I mentioned last week, of you start to get introduced to that and there's teasers for future villains and things like that. There's three different endings, if you didn't know that already. Um, I played to get all three endings. Like, I did everything I could possibly do in that game, um, which I was not willing to repeat for the other two. Um, and it, it, I never, to me, it was never, like, I felt like it was work. Like, I have to keep doing this because I want to get that achievements, you know, my, my fake achievements on Xbox 360. Uh, it was, I just absolutely loved the whole style of the game. And to me, Batman was is always higher than everything else, comic book-wise. I've just always loved anything Batman. I, I will judge things like a critic I am in my chair, but I still find ways to enjoy it. And this game coming out was, like, such a big change for me. And I can't wait till future games come out related to Batman, as we already know about, for... Uh, next year and the year after so this was it absolutely just keep coming back 100 percent it didn't do haven't done that often and it's batman for me i had actually had batman arkham city as number 11 on my list uh, the yeah. second one the second one was my favorite of it because it built i was on, curious built on the first one which i absolutely loved and uh again just Joe, just add in that the story is just so fantastic in this one, and it kind of continued the story from the first one, and just yep. that that ending I think from from Arkham City where um, when you finally you know take down the Joker because he you know he had that serum and more or less yep. died from that, and you're when they sh him Batman carrying out the Joker and, and putting him out onto the street there is just such a one of those great moments that I absolutely loved and, and just was awesome part of the story because yeah batman and the joker for me is probably my favorite storyline when it comes to comics and being able to play those exactly. games was, was awesome so exactly are you, are you no i was just gonna say yeah. i okay. also have it listed as my 11 i was very close to putting them both in and 
the the everything I described is the reason this is my number one. Arkham City, realistically to me, they should be on the same line because it's well, that's your number one twice. Yeah, but I couldn't do that. I got yelled at. One one A, you can't have it. (laughs) No, number eleven. It's two ones. Yeah, Uh, being the uh yeah. There we go. Alright, I retire. I retire. Uh, Drew's eye roll was shut. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to see straight after that. Oh, man. That's perfect. Well, I hope yeah, he can see. You're, you're, you're spot on, though, Dan. Yeah. As it continues the story, it expands on even more characters. Arkham City is fantastic. Um, the way it ends, everything. Like you're talking about, I, I have them downloaded to play all three again because crazy PlayStation deals. Uh, probably won't play Night <laughs> if I'm being honest, but these two, I'm going to play through them again. Alright, we got one left. Last one. Close us out. It'll be a real surprise. <laughs> Le- <laughs> Legend Fight of Zelda. Simulator. Yeah, <laughs> MS Le- Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. My man. So, uh, Dan, this was this was a little this bit further down your list. Number eight on my list. Yes. So uh, this is this is this is my all time favorite game. This was my this was my first Zelda game. So you know, Dan, like I know you you really hit it hard on the Super Nintendo. I think you know for me the I had the NES when I was very little. And then the Super Nintendo, for some reason, just passed me by. So when when I really got into it was the N64. And this was my first Zelda game. And I played the snot out of this game. It was just over and over and over again, just doing every little thing you can do, like trying to figure out, okay, where do I go next? Like, what, well, what do I need to do? How do I kill this boss? How do I do that? You know, all of the the standard Legend of Zelda things. Like, this one was just above all for me, especially with being able to travel back and forth through time and, you know, certain things you had to do as a child, certain things you had to do as an adult, and trying to figure out all the different puzzle aspects of that. Uh, man, this was this just, just hit it for me. And it's just an amazing, amazing game. And one that, even, even with N64 graphics... Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about how you know terrible it is to go back and play GoldenEye and you know a couple other of these games. Like I tell you, I don't know, I don't this, the same freaking platform, but I can go back today and play Ocarina of Time, and it is exactly like how I remember it. The graphics and everything. Like I, there is as much as I would love to have like an HD remake or a remaster, especially like today with some of the graphics that are all, like I don't need it. It's just an amazing story, an amazing game, and you know it's it's my number one. So you know, Dan, I'm sure you have a few things to say about it as well. Yeah, just you know, again, it was for me. You know, I, I played, like I said, I played the Super Nintendo one, and, and was you know more familiar with that top-down version. And then when they came out with this for the N64 and changed it to this 3D, you know, Zelda game, and the ability to kind of like lock on enemies and added in some a whole kind of new fighting style to, to the Zelda games was just absolutely, you know, groundbreaking. And one, like you said, I, I go back to this one and I'll play it, you know, and still feel like it was, it's new and it's like really cool. And I had a hard time between this one and Majora's mask, which is yeah. ultimately very similar. And I love that one as well. And they added new elements there, but this one was the one that was like, Holy shit. Like, look at what they're doing now and what they can do. And, 
you know, adding in the, the songs that, you know, the ability of playing the flute and doing the different transformations and like I said, kind of Rock going band. in the different times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, was just really cool. And like how, like the, f- wait, the flute it's in the name. Oh, sorry. It's the ocarina. Ocarina. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm used to calling it the flute from the other ones. That Whatever. Fine. The ocarina. Uh, Macarena? The Macarena. The Macarena. Hey, Macarena. <laughs> uh, you know, and it changing then the time elements of, of that was like so cool and different that, like, yeah, things would change based on what you did in, in the different worlds or whatever. And I, yeah, I can't get enough of this game. It's, it's just, it was so cool and, and changed the culture of, of Zelda to what it is now. I was going to say, it's actually interesting that you brought up the graphics for that, because you're absolutely right. Like, revisiting that game, it's exactly what you remember it being, and it doesn't come off as, like, garbage. It's perfect for that game. Like, there's just something timeless about the way they designed that world. Yeah, it's it's just nuts, and it's, you know, I don't know. You know, this is the last thing we're going to talk about, but it's just, I just... Everything surrounding this game, like I, 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 I don't think I would be the only person in the world to put this game as their number one. Like I actually am almost a little bit surprised that I'm the only person on you know, this panel that put it as number one. You know, it's, oh, you this knew is... what I was going to pick. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was a toss up for one through ten. <laughs> it was I a had... toss up for Dan. So I had... it was. You know, well, I... I had seen in my like we talked about. You know, my my introduction or the most i played it was in the super nintendo so that's why i linked to the past is higher up because it's just the nostalgia wise yeah, that one right is more for me but yeah, totally it was uh, hard just, i mean <laughs> it's just um, the the community around this game is just something that's pretty amazing as well even gosh what 20 something years after it's been released it has to it, yeah it's just like still you go and look at speedrunners you know that's where really the it's all at now but like they're still making developments they're still getting faster and faster times on this this game and it's just i don't know it's just amazing would so. you say they're going for the high score no i would <laughs> okay just yes just yes ask. you would yes you would <laughs> i mean if you like for those who listen on Bandwagon Nerds, if you go through my top 50, like I got 27 as Legend of Zelda, 22 as Wind Waker, 21 Majora's Mask, uh, <laughs> you know, 8 Ocarina of Time, 2 Link to the Past. I mean, there, yeah. there's enough Zelda games in between Where's Twilight us. Princess? It's hard to... Or <laughs> was that a garbage game? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as much shit as you give Twilight Princess, I didn't think it was that terrible game like it was not good oh my god i bought it and i regretted it within like 25 minutes i was like that sucks (laughs) i think for me it was that thing where because i like i said i had bought that wii for literally a week of spring break like it was one of those things like all my friends had gone off they had money to go to travel and stuff i didn't so i literally just sat in my apartment and i was like you know what i have a week off where i'm not gonna do anything the Wii just came out. I'm going to go on eBay and probably spend you know more than it was worth to get it. I bought it and that game, Twilight Princess, and I literally spent a solid week sitting on my ass playing through that game with the Wii remote and everything, and and then promptly sold the Wii and the game the week after for I don't know, hopefully a profit, right? I don't think so, but uh, <laughs> man, it's just for me, I think it was more of the experience surrounding the game. 
uh, than the game itself. But it exactly. was just, it was just all a really good time. <laughs> I I haven't played any of them, so you're getting no input from me uh, here. All right. Well, don't play Twilight Princess. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the only one I play. Ooh, I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> I got bad you, news for you. You get you get to be a wolf, man. God, yeah, wolf man. <laughs> Sounds awesome. And you get to do all the gimmicky Wii shit that doesn't actually feel like you're really doing much at you don't, all. You don't have to. There's a GameCube version, and it's just fine. So. Well, no, it's it's garbage yeah. still, but with less hand waving. <laughs> less, less hand waving. It's good okay, practice. See, I did not make that joke, and I am proud of myself. Thank <laughs> you. I'm I'm apparently better with my left hand. I have no idea why. Oh just lordy! Something about the Wii controller, I think. Yeah. Something about that Wii. Well, on that that really note, entices the left hand. <laughs> on that note, that'll end our top ten list. <laughs> Yay! How so, how did everybody feel about it? Uh, I'll give uh, I'll give everybody uh, one shot at giving out some shout outs for the ones that didn't make your list. Just name them. You don't have to no no details, but just some shout outs. I'm gonna make Adam go okay. last because I know he's got a billion. So, Drew, we'll go back right. go back around. So, uh, let me just go through. So, I would say Call of Duty 4, original Modern Warfare, we talked about a little bit. Need for Speed Underground 2, uh, GTA Vice City, we didn't talk about. GTA 4, we didn't really talk about. Um, Half-Life 2, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio series. Um, Far Cry 5 and 3. Uh, SimCity... Uh, 2000 <laughs> and uh, yes. the can't remember the the other one the sim city that just came out but not by sim city the not by maxis but the other cities uh, or ea Tycoon. city skylines Skylines. City skylines. yeah thank you um and then to to round it out or, or one left uh then starcraft and then to round it out is civilization so well that, there's my honor, honorable mentions sean got any I'll throw out, I don't know if you've played it, The Evil Within, um, Splinter Cell, Biohazard, obviously, you know, because Resident Evil, I got to at least toss in one extra one. Um, but, I mean, that that's pretty much it for me. I mean, there's there are old school games that I like playing, but I wouldn't put them in my top 10 list because of nostalgia or because, again, they were the catalyst that launched all of the games that I enjoy today. It's just, I, I've i never, I, I, rambling, don't go back and play old games. Like, I just don't. I've never really enjoyed going back and playing Mario or anything like that. Like, I, I enjoy the games that I have at the present. So, like I said, the, my, my toss-out is kind of, again, more contemporary games, I guess I would say. All right, Adam. Give me your oh, 10 boy. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Here we go. How much time we got? Just kidding. We got 30 um, seconds. <laughs> so I was I was definitely crossing off as you guys said it. So a couple things that we did mention were the Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops. Uh, I had Gears of War 2 listed. I had the original Star Wars Battlefront 2 listed. Uh, all those Sims I marked out. WWE No Mercy. All the Grand Theft Autos. GoldenEye. Um, I had Rock Band listed, Hitman, Far Cry 3, Payday, Batman Arkham City, Left 4 Dead 2, Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 2, Pokemon, 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 I put <laughs> RBY, 
I put RB and Y because those changed my life with Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Uh, I have Borderlands 2, Spider-Man, Red Dead, and Destiny. And Witcher, oh. which almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew almost the Witcher would be on somebody else's list. <laughs> I, You know, it was hard for me to put it in the top ten when it's, I did not give it the effort. I gave, like, a Skyrim. It's not the exact same. No, it's not, right? But no, no. it was hard for me to say I could put them both in there when I know my all my effort went to Skyrim. But Witcher is excellent. There's probably many more games, but I oh Far Cry oh, did I say it probably I tried to fly through yep, it real you fast. You did. Yep, you got it. You got them all. You hit them all. There we go. Lots okay. of games. Lots uh, of games in there. For me, I'll uh, you know I, I, it's all stuff that's on my top fifty that we did on Bandwagon Nerds. But you know, shout out to the Arkham series, uh, the Uncharted series, uh, specifically oh. Uncharted Two, yeah. uh, the Tomb Raider the series one. as well. Uh, Those are the same game. They are the same game, which is what they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two was up there for me. Uh, oh, the Mario yeah, Kart's. for sure. I had SimCity so Two Thousand as my thirty-three. I had Spider-Man up there at thirty-one. Uh, the FIFA series for sports for me. Uh, give me Tecmo Super Bowl and Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Uh, <laughs> Halo as well was the other big one up there. So. Uh yeah, good stuff though. Good stuff. I Come missed back. one. I missed one. No, you didn't. We sports. We so. <laughs> oh yeah, we sports. Yeah, everybody. That is a good one. We owned it. Number thirty-seven on my list. That one's so love fun. Love it. Man. I still go back and play that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it's a good one. I don't anymore now that I have the VR and you could play. Uh, I think it's Super Sports something. Super yeah. Sports VR and stuff. They have some yeah. good ones on there for a home run derby and, and some bowling and stuff. So, uh, all right. That's it. That was our three-hour show, guys. There you go. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's going to happen. I, I thought we'd have a little more crossover, but uh, we all, for the most part, enjoy some different genres. So that's kind of cool, though, yep. to see what everybody's got on their list. It's, it's always fun, and uh, I hope everybody that's listening had some at least some that were on our list. If not, you know, then, uh, you know, whatever. I don't care. I am actually kind of surprised Halo wasn't on anybody's list. That's kind of impressive. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I already was. told you my feelings on it, but <laughs> damn. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I don't know. You know, that's that's the hard part with the, just the top ten is, yeah, you, there's so many that you might put up there, especially at the bottom parts of it. It's like, oh, yeah. man, which one do you want to put in there? Which one fits? And Yeah, it's... It's interesting, though. It, it definitely makes you think about which ones are your favorites, so I, I really enjoy listening to them. I'm glad you guys came along the journey and, and got to uh, I got to understand where you, where your priorities lie when it comes to video games, so it's awesome. RPGs. Yeah. yeah. Did, oh, I, yeah. did I pass? Gotcha. Did you no. pass? Well, oh. <laughs> you passed up number seven, so I don't know, maybe. Yeah, yeah technically you failed the fault. most. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we'll call it a day here since we're since we're in the wee hours of the night, and everybody yeah. can go get some sleep. So, we'll we'll finish especially by Drew. saying, yeah, especially Drew. He's been sleeping for two hours. He's been yawning like I've been yawning. He's for been at least an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so go visit thechairshot.com for all things wrestling and entertainment. We've got. Uh, as we mentioned, the bandwagon nerds, which I mentioned quite a bit, and our sports sections of uh, shows like Three Man Weave and, and Five Rounds for UFC stuff. 
Uh, go check that out. You could follow us at a winner is you on both the Twitter and the Facebooks. And uh, my shameless plug: go check out the DWI podcast, which is also what I'm on at uh, Podcast DWI on Twitter and Facebook.com/slash DWI Podcast, and at Bandwagon Nerds on Twitter as well for that Bandwagon Nerd show. And make sure you also go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash The Chair Shot and pick up your A Winner Is You t-shirt and other A Winner Is You t-shirt, as we've got two now. And any other Chair Shot t-shirt that you want that Drew is promoting right now that he's wearing because, uh, you know, even That's just helpful. the Chair Shot Use Your Head shirts are amazing. And uh, I recommend the premium is soft, but it sounds like, uh, you know, Adam and, and stuff has tried the regulars and they all are awesome too. So yep. you can get whatever style you would like, but make sure you go check them out because we got some cool shirts there and, and the Bandwagon Nerds t-shirt as well uh, is there. So go uh, go buy some shirts and, and show us some love. And I think that will do it for us on the show. So with that, just remember that it's dangerous to game alone. Take us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.